This is what it sounds like when ants cry. Well, we have nothing to cry about this week, guys, because we have the amazing, the one and only Shinola Hampton yes. coming on the show. Oh my goodness. You guys are in for a huge treat for this interview. Mm. And we're just going to say it right here at the top of the show. If you are a lucky listener tonight, you are getting a behind-the-scenes exclusive yes. announcement concerning Shameless from Shinola that you will only hear first on yeah. this show right here tonight. Exactly. How we teased awesome it a little bit. Teased it a little bit on social media, but then we took it away. We Beep. took it away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was hilarious, though. It was hilarious. But that's going to be super exciting. I'm so excited and happy that everybody gets to hear this interview. It's been a yes. long time coming because I'm sure a lot of people have seen. We've known Shinola for a couple of years, but now we finally got her on the show. She's a busy lady. She is a busy lady. She, she's doing everything. Hell so, yeah. So, you know, you're going to find out. You listen to the interview, you find out everything she's doing. So. Definitely, definitely. Well, that's later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside yes. the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, episode 136 this week. Yes, our big Halloween special. Yes, Ooh. you know, you know, we got a pumpkin. pumpkin. We got some candy. We got some candy. You can hear the candy if you're listening on podcast right. platforms. You can see the candy if you're watching the YouTube <laughs> video. So just putting that out there. We got a That's YouTube right. channel. Subscribe, like, do all that good stuff. And this is about as dressed up as we get. Yeah. We wear masks every day like all of you. You should be if you're not. So, you know, wear another one. Yeah, right. It's so crazy, man. It's so absolutely bonkers. It doesn't even feel like Halloween, though. Like you said, it's so just nuts. It is. It is. But we're so super thrilled to be bringing you tonight's episode, 136. Like I said, we got to thank our freaking fans one more time. Third month in a row, we made it on Podcast Magazine's Hot 50 Podcast. Yes. And this one's a special one because why? Because... That's right. Podcast Magazine isn't just the charts. It's a whole magazine about podcasts. And we are a featured article inside this month's magazine, November's issue. We're so excited. It's a five-page spread by Mr. Rob Actis, who did just like a phenomenal job writing this article, guys. And here's how you can do it. You just go and get the Podcast Magazine app. You can subscribe to the magazine for free on the app, and then you just hit download. You download it, and you can flip through the entire magazine. You can see the Hot 50 list, and you can read our five-page article about Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. But it's even more than that, guys. We're really thrilled because it talks all about Crazy Ant Media and us individually and the podcast. So it's kind of like an all full-fledged article about everything crazy ant so yeah. whoo so excited for y'all to read it man really definitely definitely and you guys know your host with the most myself j-lo fantastic and the one and only mouth what's up yeah guys we got a lot to talk about i mean phew, everybody knows mandalorian broke today so yep. of course there's a little bit more that we'll be talking about some extra excited stuff we got some comic book news of course a ton huh? i mean of course we have comic book news and then just a whole bunch of other stuff that's going down in the entertainment industry I was shocked. Sony actually has several stories, none Spider-Man. Oh, shit. What? It's crazy. I mean, we have a Spider-Man story, but they... (laughs) Yeah, but not just Spider-Man. Not just Spider-Man. So exciting, man. So exciting. But before we get this thing started, we got to plug our merchandise website. Yes. Make sure to go over to www.com. 
crazyantmedia.com, click on that merchandise tab, and start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. With Halloween about to be out of the way, that brings up Thanksgiving, which also brings up Black Friday. That's right, we have Black Friday sales <laughs> that we will be doing. Yes. And of course, we are going to be releasing our holiday merchandise as well, so be sure to stay tuned for that. I'm super pumped. Like, as soon as they're released, I'm going to be getting myself one. Absolutely. And thank you to everybody who's been buying, because we saw again another huge order came through the other day you guys are just buying stuff up and we could not be more happy and thankful that y'all are doing that we're so glad you enjoy the merchandise definitely Woo! yeah good stuff man good stuff well and becky is finally there guys yes finally in jail (laughs) i am so happy to report this because you know how we feel about Aunt becky yes we're talking of course about Lori laughlin she began her two-month prison sentence Will she do the whole two months? We don't know, but she started the two-month prison sentence today. She turned herself in. She's at a um, facility just outside San Francisco, a prison mm. facility just outside San Francisco. Here's the best part, guys. Here's her convict number. That's right. We've got her convict number. You can do little memes with it. Are you ready? Get a pen and paper. Here it comes. 77827-112. Boom. Aunt Becky's prison number yeah <laughs> all right so now that, uh, now she surrendered she was supposed to sur- surrender like before november 19th or something why she would do it on the day before halloween mm, yeah right? it's kind of it's weird. a weird surrender but she ain't out of the neck though like she still got two years supervised probation and like a hundred hours of community service hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine she probably already paid that shit probably but um i'm just happy to say she's behind bars right you know, I mean, you know. we talk about so many stories that celebrity get in, they get in trouble for these huge things and then barely get a slap on the wrist. I mean, this is kind of part of it, but I'm just happy to actually see these people go to jail and serve their time because they are also just a normal human being. Just because of their job doesn't make them better than you or I. So they deserve what they get. Yes. So I'm happy that these people are finally getting what they deserve. <laughs> now, now let's see your Aunt Becky memes. Yeah, we right? gave you the prison number, the Bring convict number. Come on, Put them on there. All right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, guys. Well, with it being Friday, this is the way. This is yes. the way we're going to transition. You see the Funkos. You see the drawings if you're watching the YouTube videos. Yes. Oh, man. We're so pumped about it. But, I mean, Star Wars The Mandalorian also announced this week that they're going to launch Mando Mondays. And yes. this is going to be a program that would deliver new Mandalorian proje- uh, products every Monday through uh, December. So gear up or ramp up for the holidays obviously hell yeah and then they're going to have their own youtube channel on uh, the star wars youtube channel they're going to have like their own show on the youtube yep. channel and it's going to showcase like uh games that they're going to be providing they're also going to interview the stars like pedro mandalorian himself and the bad guy uh, giancarlo there uh <laughs> i'm so bad with names so it's fine it's fine. fine. And the Star Wars host will also be giving viewers some added insight on Monday as to travel through the upcoming season together. So it's going to be kind of like a Talking Dead situation yes. where you talk about the the past episode or what to expect for the next episode. I'm super pumped about this because, I mean, we've been waiting for a while. 
That's right. But you, not you as long know. as some Netflix shows. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. And you guys know, and you, you may have already watched it. Maybe you're waiting until after you listen to the podcast, you know, but I would. it dropped tonight. Mando dropped today, you know, The Mandalorian Season 2. So get on it if you haven't watched it yet. Exactly. Because we're going to spoil everything for you next week. Yeah. So you might as well get on that Just shit. be prepared, man. That's right. Just that's be right. prepared. But other exciting things happening at Disney. We were talking about Star Wars, now switching it over to Marvel. Oh, yes. Spider-Man 3 is officially in production. They yes. went into production earlier this week. Tom Holland, Zendaya, everybody arrived in Atlanta, and now the principle of photography is underway. That's it. They were doing some uh, some second unit photography, some backup stuff with the stunt people and everything, so, you know, but Holland's there now, and it's all full-blown. Boom! So, you know, I, I can't wait, man. Me too. I, I mean, who Excited. knows who's going to be in it, not in it. We, I mean, there's so many discussions and rumors about what the film is and is not going to be. Yeah. All we know for sure is it's filming now so and man marvel just had a ton of news they did principal photography for hawkeye is finally about to get underway yeah it's getting ready to take off in the next couple of weeks here's the the really cool thing though we're hearing from multiple sources that it's going to be filmed almost entirely at tyler perry studios in atlanta that's exciting yeah we know marvel films in atlanta all the time but it's normally pinewood so to hear that it's going to tyler perry that's going to be badass. Yeah. I mean, good for Tyler, right? Agreed, agreed. And they're planning on doing a post-Thanksgiving production start date. So, I mean, that's right around the corner. Yeah. Literally, we're about to go into November, and I mean, Thanksgiving last uh, Thursday of the month. So, I mean, you know, you know, I'm pumped. Still no word on who's playing Kate Bishop. Right. You like, know, I mean, I mean, we don't know. Haley Steinfeld, we don't know. That's the rumor still. We don't know. I bet they're keeping this thing highly under wraps. I mean, that's the Marvel way. So, I mean, of course. But uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Because right now, Star Wars is killing it on Disney+, Plus, especially with their series. So, it's true. I mean, I'm so super pumped for Marvel stuff to finally get on Disney+, Plus and have more adult content to watch. And because Star Wars is kicking ass on Disney+, Plus, it only makes sense, this next story. Oscar Isaac has a, apparently in negotiations and now looks like confirmed to be playing Moon Knight. Mm. Yes, Marvel's Moon Knight. There's been so many rumors about Daniel so Radcliffe, many so many different people attached. Keanu Reeves. Uh, like, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, like, like, but apparently Oscar Isaac is going to be the guy. So this is really exciting. Um, it's going to be a Disney Plus series, but then also Moon Knight will transition into the films, which makes sense because they're going the whole mystic route and everything, so that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and they're going to go the Mark Spector version of it, which as you guys know is a resurrected Egyptian god. Mm. Only makes sense that Oscar Isaac would be playing that it seems just like brilliant to me so um there you go boom oscar isaac like crossing over he, he's trying to go after like ming na right you know? like she's the only there. one so far who's got like a disney movie mulan and then star wars and uh, marvel yeah she's got the Agent triple crown the shield, so yeah. you know oscar's going for it Dude, he's trying it's exciting man it's exciting stuff and other exciting stuff gotham uh director and lock and key director Mark Tandari? Uh, Tandari. Tandari. <laughs> uh, he said he's interested in directing 
The Blade film, Marshal Ali's Blade. Yeah. So I'm super pumped about this. You know why? Because we had him on the show. Yes, you guys didn't know that, but we're going to be dropping a bonus interview. Remember The House at the End of the Street with uh, Jennifer Lawrence? and He directed that, and he's got a new one coming out called Spell, coming out this week, uh, actually, on Halloween. So super excited. We're going to drop that bonus interview for you all. And so, of course, after talking to him, we're totally pumped that he's talking about wanting to do Blade. Let's fingers crossed that he gets that because that would be – have to have him back on to talk of about course. that. Of course. Oh my goodness. So super big. Super big. Yes. Uh, and I mean, speaking of big, this cast keeps getting big and big and I, big and huge. Big. I mean, like, it's mm. insane. Yes. The cast of Danny Strong's Dope Sick continues to grow. Yes. Uh, Ray McKinnon is set to recur in the series. So I'm super pumped about that. Of course, we've announced the many other star stubbed people that are already attached to this thing. I mean, Michael Keaton, you got Caitlin Deaver, Peter Skarsgård. I mean, so Rosario Dawson, so many yeah, freaking Philippa people. Sue, Eliza, so people. like what? Yeah. They got Eliza. I, I, yeah, and I mean, I stay tuned, guys. I mean, the series is slated to premiere in 2021, so I mean, that is also just around the corner. This year has been flying by, and a whole bunch of new content is coming next year. So. It's true. You've only got like nine weeks to, to wrap up every other A-lister in Hollywood, Danny. Yeah. Like, g- get on it, man. Get Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, man. Uh, this is a, next one's pretty interesting. Grey's Anatomy alum, uh, Sarah Drew, is set to uh, have a season-long arc on Freeform's upcoming thriller drama, Cruel summer and yeah. she will play cindy turner mother of Jeanette. although once the most popular girl in town uh cindy struggles to hold her family together while being in the crosshairs of town gossip yeah now th- we've talked about this one a couple of months ago on the show this is the one that jessica beale is producing and kind of behind uh that's starring olivia holt who apparently was like this super popular cheerleader type girl who disappears and then the other girl it just all of a sudden goes off the rails and yeah. becomes like this crazy psycho bitch when she was just a normal kind of a girl. So, and they don't know if it's related or not related. So that's the show we're talking about. So yes, yeah, Sarah Drew going to play the mom of Olivia Holt. There you Super go. Super excited about that. Yeah. I mean, she's a really talented actor and I mean, haven't seen her in a lot of stuff, a couple lifetime movies every now and then, but I mean, you know, I mean, she's been off grace for a few years now. Yeah. So pumped to see her back in something. Definitely. Definite. Oh man. And I mean, Walt Disney Studios, we all know they just partnered with the NBA to do the NBA Finals. That's it. And with that, well, aside from that, but (laughs) with that team right there, I'm guessing led to this team up, uh, they are also in development on Greek Freak, which is a live action uh, film for Disney Plus, inspired by the true life story of NBA star and two-time MVP back-to-back winner, uh, Giannis... I'm so bad at his last name. Antetokounmpo? Yeah, sure. Like that. You know. Something like that. Plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. You guys know him. You love him. Great guy. Uh, But yeah, man, super excited because he's got a super story to tell uh, coming from Greece and then coming over here to play. He came into the NBA around like 2021. So this man has just been killing it in the NBA. So it only makes sense that he is going to get a freaking film about him. Exactly. Well, and his brother. They're doing it both because his brother just won with the Lakers. Yeah. So they're. There you go. Yeah, it's going to follow the the two brothers and their, you know. So, yeah, that makes sense. I love that Disney is working with the NBA, though. We know they've signed deals with LeBron James and, like, you know, a bunch of uh, NBA players. So, awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Well, you guys know who uh, Thomas Hayden Church is? Lowell. Love him. Yep. Love him. <laughs> uh, um, he will star and executive produce The Texanist. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Oh. Um, the multi-camera comedy is currently in development at 
Fox. Um, and uh, the Texanist, uh, Texanist yes. centers on Dave, who played by Church, is opinionated Austin area radio show host and who calls oh. him like he sees him, uh, dispensing advice to Texas natives and newcomers alike on what he knows uh, about being a true Texas way of life. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, and apparently the job is going to be complicated. We love drama. Yes. So, I mean, you know. I feel like this is a show about the swing from red to blue for Texas. Maybe. I feel like maybe I he's, see that. Maybe he's a conservative, you know, radio host that's got like, you know, hardcore, woo, Texas, and things are changing. Yeah. So, He's know. like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Biden's great. That's it. Oh, that's man. it. Now heading over to Warner Media. Yes. The bunny. Uh, DC's Stargirl has found its Eclipso and The Shade. Yes. It's two primary villains for the series uh, for the upcoming season two on uh, the CW. So that's super exciting. Yes. Uh, Nick Terabay and uh, series regular and also Jonathan uh, Cake from The Affair. And Nick is from The Expanse. Yes. And Nick will be playing Eclipso. Jonathan will be playing The Shade. Boom. Um, they set it up really good at the end of the first season. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to check it out. Yeah. But And while that's all exciting, there's a shit ton of huge news that I was super pumped about with DC that we've got to look at. And I, let, let, let's just jump into it. Red Hood. It's official. It's confirmed. DC Titans released the first official image as Jason Todd yeah. as Red Hood. We all knew it was coming. We know we saw how that was going down between him and Dick. We saw how he just kind of exited out of there at the end of last season. We knew it was coming. Now it's official. And I got to tell you, the costume is badass. Yeah, it is. The helmet is iconic. They got the symbol right, like, like the whole thing. I'm just excited as hell to see that. Yeah. Uh, Get it on. Come on, get it on. Yeah, right, like, exactly. I mean, you guys say this is going to be the new HBO Max, like, huge series. But one in season one and two are not on there yet. No. What the fuck? I know. Like, so, uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. I heard something about maybe November 1st, somewhere in November. But, I mean, with the third season coming, you got all these new subscribers that want to check out the series. So, yeah. that possibly didn't have DC Universe. So, That's right. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Got to do it. But we're not done. Red Hood wasn't the only member of the Batman family that had a debut in the new costume. We finally saw Batwoman. Dude, what? she looks great. I mean, yes, indeed. Javika Leslie, who is going to be the new Batwoman, uh, as you guys know, they debuted the new costume. It's got all kinds of upgrades to it. Yeah. It's got more red on it. And here's what I like. it It's, it's a tighter-fitting silhouette of the body. And that red wig is gone. It's actually like natural hair. And apparently this was because she wanted the costume changes to represent more of what an African-American woman would look like mm. in the costume. She said, when Batwoman walks up in the shadows, I want it to be where you can tell this is an African-American woman that's coming up on you. And she said that was extremely important to her. And apparently the CW and, and the producers behind Batwoman agreed. And bam, you got the new costume. I'm so excited that they worked with her on that and said, hey, this is important to me. And if you guys can make this happen, it will be fantastic. And they did. And so. they did. And if you haven't seen the pictures, check them out. They're all over our social media. They look fantastic. 
fantastic, man. Yeah. Super excited about the Batman family in Warner Media's little you know world because man, they're they're kicking ass. Same, and I mean that's supposed to debut uh, January seventeenth, so right after the new year. So that is correct. S- stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. And I mean the CW has also announced uh, premiere dates for eleven of its other series, uh, three which are new ones: Walker, uh, Superman, and Lois, and uh, the Canadian pickup trickster yeah so interesting yeah. interesting stuff man i mean i know a lot of people are interested to see walker padalecki what he's doing after supernatural how that character is going to be definitely and then of course superman and lois superman's just this such iconic character and i mean people are going to nitpick the fuck out of it but you know it is what it is that's the nature of the beast i feel like with the comic book game absolutely but at least he's got a good start i mean he seems to his version has been popular on supergirl so we'll see i mean we'll, we'll see i mean all kinds of rumors there too that they're replacing a supergirl with a different supergirl oh. on superman and lois interesting so you know it won't be Kara. it'll yeah. be a different person so they're not replacing melissa benoist's character just but not, who knows all kinds of rumors but exactly all right so if you guys are wondering here it is though on january 8th friday january 8th whose line is it anyway and Penn and teller fool us will be back yes. new episodes will be back Tuesday, January 12th, two-sentence horror stories and that new Canadian show, Trickster, make their debut. Uh, The 17th, we told you, Batwoman. Uh, Monday, January 18th, All-American comes back. Wednesday, January 20th, Riverdale and Nancy Drew are back. Mm. Thursday, January 21st is when you're going to get your first look at Padalecki as Walker. Oh, shit. That Texas Ranger, but not Walker, Texas Ranger, because that's the old show. (laughs) And Legacies, it'll follow that. Sunday, January 24th, if you're interested in it, the Charmed reboot is back for its next season. Uh, Monday, February 8th, Black Lightning is back. Super excited about the next season of that one. Tuesday, February 23rd, we've got The Flash and Superman and Lois making their debuts. And there you go. That's the rundown. So uh, between January and February, all the CW shows are going to hit. Yeah. So and I mean, sick. it makes complete sense for The Flash and Superman and Lois to be back-to-back because, I mean, with this being a new show, not new characters necessarily, but with it being a new show, you want to have it after and or before a freaking huge established show. Yeah, and so. Flash is now the front runner. He's going into season seven. He's the main guy now because Arrow's gone. Yeah, so, you the know. Flash first. The only thing I didn't see on that whole schedule, though, like, and where is it still? Green Arrow and the Canaries. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Katie Cassidy and Catherine McNamara and the gang, they deserve it. That's all I'm saying. I feel like that one's put on the back burner until, like, another one of these drop off, to be honest. Uh, No doubt. It sucks. It really sucks because their interpretation. It looked badass. Like, that backdoor pilot was fucking amazing. And the highest rated CW show of the season. Exactly. So, uh, like. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't doesn't make make sense. sense. Maybe they're just holding it like, oh, this is something we can bank on. Which, I mean, the. The fans are ready. The fans are ready for it. Give the fans what they want. I feel like they kind of knew Supergirl was exiting and they needed a show to fill Supergirl, so they went with Superman and Lois yeah. instead of Green Arrow and the Canaries, but sometimes you just got to take a risk. I guess we'll see how Superman and Lois does and then see where that leaves Green Arrow and the Canaries. So 
We'll see. I, I, I hope it comes. I'm yeah, just saying. Same, same. Well, everybody's been seeing this the past couple weeks and the past couple months, honestly. 90s cartoons are making a strong comeback. I mean, yes. we've talked about Beavis and Butthead, Ren and Stimpy, the Animaniacs. Yes. Uh, but now another classic is coming that way. Uh, it's going to be a reboot of Tiny Toon Adventures, and it's in development at HBO Max and Cartoon Network. I think it's pretty cool how yes. they're doubling up on this one because, I mean, if people don't have HBO Max, a lot of people People still have cable and will be able to watch it on Cartoon Network. Yes. So I'm super pumped about that. All the kitties need to realize who the fucking amazing animaniacs are and all these fucking cartoons because, I mean, they're great. I loved growing up on these ones. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people don't know probably that Steven Spielberg was behind both Animaniacs and Tiny Toons. So, you know, it's awesome. I mean, you know, great. And we talked about it before. I'm a huge Ren and Stimpy fan. You idiots! So happy that that one's back. Exactly. So. This one's going to be titled, or titled Tiny Toons Lunaversary. Yes. Uh, so that that's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. Uh, the show has received a two-season order, so you're at least going to see that. And Spielberg is behind this one as executive producer again, so that helps a lot. Yes. Um, that name, man. That name. This next one is pretty interesting because, honestly... I, everybody knows I'm the younger one of the group, and so I really have not listened to any of the Bee Gees music. So, this is interesting. Uh, the Frank Marshall-directed documentary, <laughs> The Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, is set to debut yes. December 12th on HBO, and then it will also be available to view on HBO Max as well. So, I know a lot of old people are excited. Yes, and I'm excited because this documentary is going to show you that they aren't just the legendary disco people behind disco there was so much more i mean these guys wrote songs for damn near everybody Mm. they sold shit tons of records all kinds of grammys it wasn't just i know they hit huge with you know saturday night fever in the disco era right but i mean they had a ton of hits outside of that and i mean barry gibb I mean, he writes songs damn near for everybody. Mm. A, pro- a really prolific uh, songwriter. So it's going to dive into all of that. I'm sure yeah. they'll touch on Andy Gibb, the the other brother that was not part of the Bee Gees. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm excited for it. Like you said, I'm old and I like the Bee Gees and I'm excited for and it. he's excited for it. It's great. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, man. HBO is also doing some more cool things. HBO Sports has boarded Imagine Documentaries and... Fuka uh, films, Fuja, Fuka. His last name's the easy one. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, I yeah. know, I know. Uh, and this one's going to be the day the sports stood still, Ooh. and it's literally going to be about the unexpected shutdown uh, in March 2020. Once Tom Hanks got it, everybody took that shit seriously. That was it, man. Like, I mean, we watched This Is Us the other night, and freaking once Tom Hanks got it, I loved how they put that in there. Like, that was so freaking good. It was good. perfect. Because that really was when everybody started taking it seriously. Yep. But uh, I'm super pumped about that because this is a documentary about ten- right now, right, and today's climate, like what we're going through, like what all the players of all the different sports were expecting with this movement. So it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and it, I mean, Antoine Fuqua was perfect to direct it, and it's going to dive into so many different things, like you said, not just 
what did they do when their sport was shut down right. and they weren't playing? But it's going to dive into the the racial injustices that yes. are going on and like all of the social issues that are also involved in sports right now. It's going to be looking hard at that too. So yeah, really kudos to HBO for jumping on that and 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 rolling with it because it's important to talk about. It is conversation, it, man. Exactly. And at the center of the film, it will be the first person account of NBA All Star and NBA Players Association president Chris Paul. So yes. I mean, this guy's amazing. So it makes sense that he would be documenting all this shit it's true so good stuff man good stuff oh it was a big week for the nba players i'm just saying a lot of them have some amazing entertainment news that is not basketball lebron james (laughs) the spring hill company you guys know his production company and cnn films are teaming up to produce dreamland uh this is the rise and fall of black wall street oh a doc a documentary examining the violent events in late of may and june of 1921 in uh, tulsa oklahoma Mm. damn i i mean i honestly don't know anything about this so i'm excited to learn more about this yeah uh apparently there was a huge massacre i mean a lot of people lost a lot of money in the banking industry when the stock market crashed in 1921 yeah um I'm not old enough to remember that. I did not live through that. But um, let me preface that. Yeah. Real quick. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's called me old. I was not that old. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of African Americans were making the transition into the banking world and stuff, and it got pretty ugly. And this was a pretty nasty time in history. It was nasty for everybody with the with the crash because I mean, the poverty level and just homelessness was awful. But yeah, extremely bad in this, and like I said, led to a massacre. So this is going to be an interesting documentary and story to follow um but i love that all of these are rolling out and sparking conversation and talking about things because as they always say you know history is doomed to repeat itself if you don't learn from it and i feel like exposing these type stories and talking about it is how we're going to learn from it agreed and what i really like about this is just what i preach on the show each and every week this is educating educating the people who are here now that don't know about this situation like myself i'm completely ignorant to this situation so i'm excited Excited to learn more about this and what has happened in the past to the black community and how they've been neglected and put down and all this freaking crazy shit that a lot of it gets swept under the rug and nobody talks about. That's it. Because I feel like nobody talks about this shit. So I'm glad that people like LeBron James and people like CNN Films can bring these stories to light because this is a part of our history. Our American history happened on this soil, so we all need to know about it. And we're going to keep talking about it. As long as they keep making it, we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep bringing people on to talk about it. So, good. Exactly. Exactly. But things that are kind of sucking right now. (laughs) um, Going over to Viacom CBS. I mean, we all know COVID-19 has affected the whole entertainment industry, whether it be sports, theatrical releasing now with streaming on the rise. Uh, we did see scripting programming is about to come back, but yep. there is a little eh about that because COVID-19 has forced CBS to reduce the episode count for vir- virtually all, all of their scripted shows. Yeah. And I'm talking like... Uh, you know how normally a show gets like 20, 21, 22 episodes for a season. Well, now they're cutting it back by like to 16 or 18. Yeah. That sucks. My mom, she is not going to be happy about this no. because she's been chomping at the bit for these shows to come back to begin with when she finds out they're not going to be as long. Yeah. Um, but And it's all her biggies. Blue Bloods. 
16 episodes. Mm. Bull, we don't give a shit. Could be no, zero. We'd could be, be happy. zero. Magnum PI, 16 episodes. The Neighborhood, 18 episodes. NCIS, uh, 16 episodes. NCIS Los Angeles, 18 episodes. NCIS NOLA, 16 episodes. SEAL Team, 16 episodes. The Unicorn, 13 episodes. And by the way, it only got 13 episodes the first season, and it's only was picked up for 13 for the second season. Okay. So like, it's not affecting anything yeah. there as far as The that Unicorn went. fans are pissed. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, wow, we get 13! But they only get, they're only getting 13. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, that really sucks. That's a lot of story left untold, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for the writers in the writer's room, they're going to have to consolidate and wrap things and do things, you know, on a much quicker level because six weeks is six weeks. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, we should say these are all CBS-produced shows, yeah. meaning made at CBS Studios. For other scripted series that are made by other production companies, Young Sheldon, for example, made by Warner Brothers, but airs on CBS, CBS is also in negotiations with those creators to cut back the mm. C- the, the amount of episodes on non-CBS produced shows as well. So yeah. we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, that, that's super unfortunate. Hopefully they can come to some sort of agreement on that. And, I mean, worst comes to worst, they could put out bonus episodes on HBO Max. Mm. Like Young Sheldon is on HBO Max, so fuck you, CBS. Let's we have a streaming service. So <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, that's true. Uh, but CBS has renewed Big Brother for its twenty third season, which is kind of surprising because I guess this last season was really sucking. Mm. Um, Shanola mm. Hampton, our guest today, talks about that. Yep, yep. Not uh, a happy camper. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, it's set to air around like summer twenty twenty one. Julie Chen Moonves is whose previously contract was through this year's summer-slash-fall All-Star Edition, has signed a new deal and is returning as the host. And uh, she has hosted Big Brother ever since the show's launch in 2000. Yeah. So I didn't even realize that. Yep. That's crazy. Been, Been there since the beginning, yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting move to put Moonves at the back, though. Yeah. Like, I'm with all the controversy and everything, I'd have just held on to Julie Chen and not put my actual married name out there. Well, remember, but, like, yeah, she freaking, when all that shit broke, she started putting Moonves yeah, in the back. Yeah, stand by my man. And yeah. I mean, just like, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. As long I mean, as you trust him, I guess. But, uh, I mean, evidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but evidence. That's but it. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's, it's really not fine. No, it's not fine. Um, and you can get rid of Bolton. Yeah, like, you really can. Fucking. This uh. next one, bro. This, this next one was, like, confusing to me. But here it comes anyway. The next. We're jumping to NBC Universal. Yes. NBC Universal. They are projected to make more layoffs coming up, and it's going to happen soon. Remember how they restructured to put their emphasis on the streamer? Yeah. It's all in on Peacock, all in on streaming content. Well, that restructuring is coming at the expense of jobs, and the second round is coming. Uh, it's likely coming in waves, one coming up next month, mm. mid-November. The other one to follow, and this is the shitty part, December late December, like right before Christmas. Like what the fuck is that? Well, literally these two months I feel like should be off limits for businesses because it's super fucked up. I mean, right now people are just now starting to get Christmas gifts for their families, but literally laying off in November and December, like that's just rough. And here's the crazy part about this story. It's 150 to 300 employees that are going to lose their jobs. And guess which division it's going to be taken from? 
The streaming division, the, the news division that was just created for the emphasis of streaming is where the cuts are coming from. Damn. Like, that makes no sense to me. No. Like, that, that's really rough. That doesn't make, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It makes sense because fucking your streamer sucks. I'm just going to put that out there. The Peacock is awful, by far the worst streamer. Uh, so you feel like you should hire more employees to help out with that. But I guess, I mean, honestly, the only way this would be okay is if you think 150 to 300 people are dead weight that is the only reason if they're not bringing in what you expect from them that's the only reason just because like i don't know it's just fucking crazy it is crazy i mean but uh, it's super unfortunate it is unfortunate and did you see that trailer saved by the bell released another trailer they they had the zach attack band no they were all playing again like oh my and apparently lisa is returning no. Uh, Lisa, uh, Turtle, Lisa Turtle, she will be back, Lark Voorhees. So. Oh. Yeah. I wonder how she's looking. I don't know. Remember, she was upset that she didn't get a call to be a part of the whole yeah. reunion show. Apparently, they felt bad and called her. Yeah. So, uh, well, they. <laughs> hopefully, she's better, man, because, I mean, she was looking rough there for a while. She was. So, so we'll hopefully, see. Hopefully, man. Uh, NBC Universal streaming platform, The Peacock, which sucks, is in negotiation <laughs> for a reboot of Dick Wolf's groundbreaking 1990s cop drama. New York Undercover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The new series is described as a re-examination of the original, reflecting the current times, and it's picking up 20 years after the end of the original series. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you guys know the original was in 1994, aired for four seasons on Fox, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, at this time, it's unclear whether or not the new show will feature some of the characters from the original series, which I feel like would be kind of cool for the fans that liked the original series so i mean malik yoba and michael de lorenzo were like fantastic on that show and if you don't now in the age of diversity and exclusivity and all these things at that time it was the first show to feature two people of color in lead roles yeah so if you're not going to bring them back, what kind of a major fuck-up is that? Like, yeah. bring them back at least in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know either, man. I was a fan of the show, though. I'm always a fan of Dick Wolf stuff, so, I mean, you know. Yeah, and any Law & Order shit, fuck it. Uh, but be- <laughs> The Peacock is also following Netflix's footsteps. Mm. It has canceled its first original series on the platform, uh, Brave New World, after just one season. Yep. Uh, the show is part of Peacock's uh, inaugural original slate uh that was only homegrown scripted series available at launch in July, but uh, it had a big budget, and apparently it just didn't generate enough buzz with the fans and or the critics, so they were just like, got it. So what does that tell you? You put all the money into it. It's your big first original show yeah. on your new network, and you canceled it after a season? Yeah. That's not a good start. Exactly. We should say they, they, they did say that they have like 22 million subscribers now, and they saw a nice little jump. But I feel like that won't last long. Yeah, agreed. I'm just saying. It's freaking free. It's freaking free. (laughs) Um, But this is the first cancellation since uh, Susan Rovner had joined NBC Universal uh, this month as chairman. So, yeah, yeah, maybe she just didn't like it. I mean, maybe not. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Time for some Sony news. And hey, it's not Spider-Man. It's not Spider-Man. We already told you the Spider-Man news. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, left that shit at Disney. That's right. Uh, that is what Sony should do. Uh, <laughs> Bad Hair star uh, Chante Adams uh, will play a female lead opposite of Michael B. Jordan in Sony's upcoming drama, A Journal for Jordan, which, get this, guys, 
Denzel Washington is going to direct and produce. The film will tell the true story of Putzler Prize winner. Uh, Pulitzer? Pulitzer <laughs> Prize winner. Um, uh, Candy Loves Affair. The first uh, Sergeant Charles Monroe King who kept a full journal of his life lessons and uh, about his newborn son Jordan while he uh, was deployed overseas. King was killed in Iraq in 2006 when Jordan was just seven months old. Yeah, this is going to be deep. Yeah. I-, I feel like this is going to be an Oscar contender maybe for Michael B. Jordan. Jordan, especially if Denzel Washington is directing him. Right. Um, I mean, come on. You're talking about a soldier who's keeping a journal for his son and he dies and his son probably never got to see him or know him. So it's going to be a heartbreaker. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Get ready to cry. Yeah. And it's full full circle, right? Like Denzel Washington paid for the Michael B. Jordan. Remember, we heard the whole story. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, Chadwick Boseman and how the three of them are linked in this whole kind of a thing. So kind of all come in full circle. Denzel Washington, man, he's responsible for like everybody. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's amazing. It's so. a badass directing acting duo. So I'm super it is. pumped. Um, I'll be interested to see if well, we'll talk about it a little bit later. We'll talk about it a little bit later. <laughs> I'll bring this back up. Um, yes. The fifth installment of Bloomhouse horror franchise, Insidious, is in the works, guys, with the franchise's lead actor, Patrick Wilson. Uh, he's going to make his dector- directorial debut, and he's also going to star in the film alongside uh, Ty Simpkins. Yeah. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. The film picks up just uh, 10 years later after its last installment. So. We'll see, man. We'll see how that goes. Uh, this is a venerable franchise. Yeah. This thing has been around a while, and people seem to really love it. So it is going to be interesting, though, because Patrick now with the Aquaman franchise, and it's it's getting ready to ramp back up again. And Ty, of course, now there's all kinds of rumors that he's going to take over as Iron Man yeah. in the MCU. You know, we we saw the introduction in Iron Man 3. And they showed him in, in you know, Endgame. So uh, who knows, man? It'll be interesting to see if they can keep moving forward with the Insidious stuff yeah. if the other franchises take off. So I yeah, don't know. Because, I mean, those are huge franchises. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> bidding war, bidding war. Um, Atlanta star Brian Terry uh, Henry is set to join the assembled uh, ensemble cast of the action thriller Bullet Train, also starring Brad Pitt, Joey King, uh, Aaron Taylor. Taylor Johnson and Andrew Kudroy. Uh Yeah, man, this is this is insane. This yeah. cast is boom. I know, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago too. And we said then it didn't have any plot details, and it still doesn't have any plot still details. Doesn't. They are still keeping that shit under wraps. They won't even tell us who Brian is going to play. Yeah. So there you go. Just we'll keep you updated when we get some plot details. You'll know when we know. Exactly. So there it is. Exactly. Uh, Lila Lorin has joined the ensemble of Sony's action comedy Man from Toronto, yes. starring Kevin Hart, Woody Harrelson, Kaylee Cuoco, and uh, is also on board. So yep. this is pretty exciting. The film revo- uh, revolves around a case mistaken of identity. Oh, man. And after the world's deadliest assassin known as the man from Toronto and a stranger played by Hart run into each other at an Airbnb. Um, chaos soon uh, fucking blows up as the assassin's world comes crashing down on Kevin Hart's character. Yeah, I'm guessing this is going to be a mistaken identity thing where they think 
think that Hart is the man from Toronto, right. which is going to be fucking hilarious. I mean, you know, it's good to see the cast rounding out, though. We talked about this one about a month ago and when Kevin was attached. Now the cast, man. Shit. Yeah. All right. Just I keep know. following up, man. Exactly. Keep, all right. Exactly. Sony Pictures is also freaking partnering with Martin Lawrence, Anonymous Media's uh, Stephen Curry, and uh, Eric Payton, and Brendan O'Brien. Uh, they're teaming up on a high-concept comedy set in the World's Basketball League uh, titled One and Done. Yeah. yeah. Women's Basketball League. Exactly. Whoa, this is going to be crazy. Exactly. One and Done. Uh, it, obviously, it's being set up for Martin Lawrence to star in. Uh, that would only make sense. I yeah. mean, um, a story of female empowerment showcasing how athletics are an important driver in building one's self-confidence. Yes. This is going to be an interesting story. I agree. So um, excited to see. We, we were talking about at the top of the show, you know, all the move with the NBA. So now to have the, the women's league in and, and doing stories about women's basketball and professional sports, uh, good. Yeah. We need that stuff. Exactly. Man. Times are changing too because NBA 2K also has an option on there now that you can play as the women basketball players, yes. not just the men. So finally they are able to get featured on a video game. Look, man, there's success in those women's leagues. You know, the Magic got a ring with the sparks exactly. all right uh, i'm just saying just i mean saying man he's got rings for days <laughs> he does oh my goodness but other exciting things and bringing back my last thing i was yes. about to bring up um michael b jordan is reportedly in talks to direct creed 3 if the deal gets done it would mark uh jordan's directorial debut so that's super exciting he previously executive produced uh creed 2 and he will produce uh creed 3 as well and it's going to be the ninth installment in the rocky franchise that's crazy to me that's freaking epic and what i was going to say earlier not to spoil this story was hopefully denzel can give him if this happens before creed denzel can give him those like little pieces of advice trying to move behind the camera oh hell yeah i mean if you're going to be on that set with denzel directing i would be as big a sponge as I could possibly be to right. learn everything I could from from Denzel. Um, but I think Jordan is beyond brilliant. I think he's just an incredible talent. So I'm betting he's going to just nail it as a director as well. I agree. Um, and he's going to go the Bradley Cooper route, dude. He's going to, if it is his directorial debut, he's going to direct himself. and star, which is always, you know, difficult. For the first one. Woo. I would be so scared. Exactly. Like, that's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. But I mean, He's the kind of guy that could do it, though. I, I mean, mean, seriously. This guy is so headstrong. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what this is going to bring. We are definitely huge fans of Michael Bates. I mean, you could tell. Yeah. You could tell. <laughs> uh, Kiana Barris, uh, you know you know her. You love her. The Blackish creator and, of course, her spinoffs, Grownish and Mixedish. She's about to make her uh, directing a feature film, and it's going to be about... Richard Pryor. Yes. I'm pumped about this one. Yes, this one's going to be really good. They've been trying to do a Richard Pryor film for like decades. Years, man. And I mean, just seriously, and it has never come. It has never happened. But Barris is going to write, produce, and direct. So that's going to be. And uh, apparently from everything that we're hearing, they are not going to shy away from all of the controversy. Mm. And why would you? That's what yeah. made his life. Exactly. Like the way, I mean. That's Richard Pryor. Uh, yeah. You have so, to tell his whole story or not at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, so it's going to be interesting interesting to say the very least boy biopics are the thing now they are if you can sign on to a biopic be it a music biopic or comedian or just i mean they are 
slaying right now. Agreed. Woo. I think we need more about actors. Uh, An right? actor's biopic, like Jack Nicholson or Sylvester Stallone. Mm. Or like these huge names that, I mean, we want to know a little bit more of their story, where they come from. So it's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's definitely the beginning of waves of it. So we'll see what happens. But speaking yes. of biopics, um, oh, yeah. we're talking about Aretha Franklin's Respect. This one is, She ain't getting none. No, she's mm-hmm. really not. <laughs> It's getting pushed back like freaking seven months. Yeah. Like, it's insane. And I mean, everybody knows starring Jennifer Hudson, Joshua McHale. Um, yep. it, it's moving to January 15th, from January 15th to August 13th. Yeah. So. And this has already been pushed since last Christmas when it was supposed to debut. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just another move, another delay. And well, but she's doing better than Alicia Van Kindler's. I don't. Did I say her name right? It's I think close, I said it. I feel yeah, like. yeah. Uh, so her uh, Tomb Raider sequel is been just gone, completely yanked from the schedule. Yeah. So not even a date in sight. So doing better than that, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it just it sucks. COVID, man. man. I swear. I, but I feel like that Tomb Raider franchise would be good on like. VOD. I think it would be better on VOD. Actually, I, I really do. I think it's just that format is set for that. I, I agree. Think, so definitely, definitely. Now heading over to Lionsgate. Yes. Victoria Mahoney is set to direct Kerry Washington and Sterling K. Brown in an action drama Shadow Force mm. uh, for Lionsgate. The film follows an estranged husband and wife with a bounty on their heads, and they must go on the run with their son to avoid their former employer. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> so this is intense, guys. This yeah. is intense. I'm super excited about I this. I mean, that is crazy, but they're in good hands, apparently, because Mahoney is – she was a second unit director on Rise of Skywalker, and she's done Lovecraft Country, Grey's Anatomy, Power, American, Claws, so, like, uh, all kinds of stuff, so – Good for her getting the getting the jump up, man. And fuck, Kerry Washington and Sterling K. I mean, like, damn, nobody better, really. I mean, if you're gonna have a first film, that's the cast to do it with. I'm just saying. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Uh, J Lo, not this J Lo, other J Lo, <laughs> the big J Lo. That's right. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence or Jennifer Lopez and Army Hammer are set to star in Lionsgate's action comedy. Uh, Shotgun Wedding. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is also attached to executive produce this film. Oh. And it follows Darcy, who is Lopez's character, and Tom, who is Hammer's character. <laughs> and, uh, who gather their lovable but very opinionated families for an ultimate destination wedding as just a couple, be- as just the couple begins to get cold feet. And if that wasn't enough to threaten the ce- uh, celebration, suddenly everyone's lives are in danger when the entire party gets taken high hostage oh fuck <laughs> that's definitely original yes go you go freaking you ryan I mean, reynolds land army hammer and j-lo that is going to be an interesting pairing right there yes. that's all i'm saying that that's going to be that's good i agree man. that is good stuff i agree this one was like we're we're doing this story we're throwing this story in there because there was all kinds of massive confusion about what is and is not true about this an official biopic of Blues King, B.B. King, you know, blues musician B.B. King, is definitely going into pre-production in 2021. However, this is a totally different B.B. King film than the one that Wendell Pierce announced being a part of oh. on his social media campaign. The one that's going into pre-production in 2021 is actually backed and being done by the estate of B.B. King, mm. the one with... 
uh, Wendell Pierce is not. The Thrill is On is the one starring Wendell Pierce, and it's more of a story about B.B. King and his best friend. Um, and But now while the estate is okay with it, they're not behind it or not a part of it, and they wanted to make that clear oh. because there was some confusion about what is or is not true. So there's two B.B. King biopic films coming, one yet untitled, one doesn't have a star, and is that's the one being backed by B.B. King's estate. And then the other one with Pierce that is not being backed. So there you go. I'm gonna watch them both. Yeah, like, I, I mean, mean you BB know, King is awesome. So yeah, and and here's the funny part: the one that is being backed by BB King said they are considering Wendell Pierce to also play BB King in their film. What the fuck? So I mean, you know, that's not confusing. No, at all. that that's I mean, just make it even more confusing for everybody. But um, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's going to be a brilliant BB King. So yeah. if the estate was smart, they would get him to be in their film too. Exactly. Just saying. Exactly. Well, guys, the thrill is gone from Netflix. <laughs> um, I'm just saying because they said they weren't going to do this, Mm-mm. but then they lied. They lied. They freaking lied. Uh, they are raising the subscription price in the states uh for the premium plans and this now everybody knows it was the standard it's going to be around 13.99 from 12.99 so i mean it's only going up a dollar but still uh the 4k premium plan is going up to 17.99 uh over and it was 15 uh so that sucks man that's yeah because they said they were going to do this shit overseas but not here and here it is. Yeah. And now they're doing it. Exactly. It, luckily, if you just have the standard, you can only watch it on your screen, one screen stuff. It ain't it ain't affecting you. You're not going to get a price hike. Yeah. But, um, you know, stop spending so much money on shit and being so much in debt that you got to keep raising it up. Because can we remind you, HBO Max and Disney Plus are on your ass. Exactly. And if you start going higher than them, that's going to be – I'm just saying. It's not going to be good. Ted Reed. What are you doing? Are you listening? What are you doing? Are you listening? Oh, Already man. got fans of HBO Max and Disney Plus, just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Oh, man. Uh, but this next one I'm super pumped about uh, because I love both of these actors. Aquafina and Sandra Oh are mm. teaming up for a yet-to-be-titled sister comedy feature film for Netflix. And get this, guys. The film centers around a lonely reclusive uh, whose life is unpended when her train wreck of a sister vows to mend their relationship by helping her fulfill her lifelong dream to be in a contest on her favorite game show. By far, I for sure think Aquafina is going to be the sister that comes and like, oh, we should do this. And Sandra is yes. like, no, fuck you. Yes. Hey, God, I'm the so excited. Two of these people as sisters in a comedy, though, it's going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I, like you said, I love them both. They're both phenomenal actors. And when you get these two women in a room it, it, with this type of a script, come on now. Yeah. Come on, brilliant. See, for every bad thing you do, like raising prices, Netflix, you do something great like this. Exactly. Uh, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Netflix continuing his their relationship with Adam Sandler. He has signed on to star in Netflix's untitled drama based on uh, Jalarsev Kavar's novel. Sure. Yeah, the 
Spaceman and Bohemia. Mm. Uh, this story follows an astronaut who is going to be Sandler, uh, set to go to the edge of the galaxy to collect mysterious ancient dust. Uh, oh. He soon finds himself in earthly life, his earthly life falling to pieces, and he returns to only voice who can help him uh, try to put it back together. Mm. So um, and that, that has to be a woman because a woman puts us all back together. That's right, always, <laughs> always. always. And another just out there random thing. Channing Tatum is is producing this. Yeah, he's everywhere on the back end. Like, I, he's <laughs> not like I haven't seen him in anything in a while, but no. he's like producing a lot of shit. He really is. It's like is he just sitting at home just buying up all these properties, the rights to all these properties, and be like, let's do it, let's do it. Like I don't know, right. but it does seem like every other week we're saying, and Channing Tatum's producing. Uh, him and Ryan Reynolds are in a little battle, right? Like, who, which one is producing more at the time? To- uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's but absolutely I'm, crazy. I'm interested to see because, like we said multiple times on the show before, uh, we really like Adam Sandler's dramatic performances. Yes. So if this is going to be a drama, it I I'm holding high hopes for it, but I am also a little skeptical because these last few like astronaut drama drama uh, dramas in outer space have not been doing very. Well. No, and so. he's going to be competing against another one, which we'll talk about in just a minute, too. So, Man. yeah, and they aren't doing very well. You're right. Exactly. This one sounds interesting, though. Netflix has also acquired the rights to Concrete Cowboy with Idris Elba and Caleb M- uh, McLaughlin. I think that's how he says his last name, yeah. McLaughlin. Um, you know, you guys know who he is. He's on Stranger Things. Um, this sounds really interesting. The story follows a 15-year-old Cole who's taken to live with his estranged father, Harp, torn between his growing respect for his father community and the stables and his re-emerging friendship with his troubled cousin cole begins to reprioritize his life and the stables themselves are threatened by an encroaching gentrification a release date not yet set but they're thinking 2021 yeah so interesting so he's gonna come live with his dad get his life together and then they're gonna come after the stables and everything that's like you know yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you got Idris Elba, so I feel like it's going to be a hit right there. I mean, seriously. And Westerns, man, they're trying to make a comeback, aren't they? They're trying, man. They're trying. I don't know how well it'll do, but, you know, I mean, you got to give them a shot. Got to give them a shot. You got to do it. And, I mean, with Netflix, they're adapting so many freaking forms of content right now when it comes to gaming. I mean, mm. we all know how big The Witcher is right now for Netflix, and they're also going to do it with assassin's creed yes which i think will be pretty cool because a lot of assassin's creed stuff is like kind of like a secret society type shit so i'm excited about it i'm excited about it it's going to be the first series in development uh for this game so i'm yeah live action guys yep the only thing i'm not excited about is that apparently they're going to try to build a universe uh, with it that's the thing now. yeah just i mean and everybody has failed i think i'm with you i think assassin's creed would be a great series but just leave it you don't have to build universes guys you're never gonna fucking be the mcu just stop just stop (laughs) all right oh goodness uh (laughs) netflix has given the green light to rebecca soon shines uh for a series loosely based on found footage of supernatural horror podcast Archive 81. It's going to be an eight-part series and has set Jurassic World's actor uh, Amindu Atheti (laughs) and Altered altered Carbon's uh, Deanna Shibi. Uh, to star in. So, yes. Yeah, so that's going to be cool. Wow. And uh, she is also the person, Rebecca. She's going to be the showrunner of the series as well. 
So that's fun stuff, guys. Always exciting, though. I mean, that, this seems to be a trend, too, taking podcasts and turning them into series. That's the new thing. So it is definitely something that we're going to be keeping our eyes on. You might see a crazy Inside the Crazy Ant Farm series one day. Yeah. Who knows? You I never mean, know. They're, they're just... I mean, there could be a biopic about us. There could be. I'm fine with that. Me, too. Um, and everybody saw this week, Netflix also released the first trailer of George Clooney's upcoming post-apocalyptic sci-fi film, The Midnight Sky. Mm. Uh, Clooney is directing and starring in the film so i'm super excited about that and felicity jones is in this thing kyle chandler um a whole bunch of other people but yeah i mean he seems to be like this lonely scientist like just trying to get to the next place so he can stay uh, alive and survive that's true um so yeah yeah like i said these post-apocalyptic like space movies are kind of hit or miss really so it'll be interesting to see how that goes absolutely and this next one, just real quick, Cush Jumbo, James Nesbitt, Richard Armitage. They've been cast in Stay Close, a new series coming from Netflix. I was just excited about this because I miss Cush Jumbo. She was on uh, The Good Wife and The Good Fight, and she's not on The Good Fight anymore, and so I really like her. She's a good, uh, great actress, and I'm a fan, and so good to see her back on TV. Boom. So, good. Boom. Boom. Amazon Studios is saying they are claiming that they had huge engagement with tens of millions of customer views for Shasha Baron Cohen's. Borat. Mm. Uh, the sequel opened on opening weekend, and people, I guess, watched it uh, on a Facebook watch party Thursday night, and it got a lot of views, guys. It got a lot of views. It seems to be a big thing right now. I mean, I know it was a huge cult thing, so it makes sense. I mean, all the original cult viewers going back to it, but yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah same. How they w- they won't release the actual numbers though. No, they just say tens of but they won't release the numbers exactly so. uh, but Amazon also ordered a TV series adaptation of Andrew Boville's award-winning play things I know to be true with Oscar and Emmy winner Nicole Kidman set to star and executive produce so it's always good to have that name recognition yes. attached to your project guys I mean that's one of the biggest things we want to push forth in the entertainment news segment and how to get your projects made it's always good to have that big name attached your project definitely you know what's better than that having three big names attached to your project rose Byrne, seth rogan and director nick stoller are reuniting for platonic Mm. a half hour comedy series greenlighted by apple um you guys know they worked he was the director and the two stars of uh, neighbors with zach efron back in the day 2014 this one's going to be a 10 episode order uh and it's an interesting show about the workings of a platonic relationship between a man and a woman who I guess had a falling out and now they're coming back together and trying to repair the friendship and fix the friendship and all of the chaos that goes with that. Yeah. So Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen I think is going to be fucking hysterical. I agree. I think that's going to be Apple's good. doing some good things, man. They really are. Yeah. And I mean they also just renewed uh, Ted Lasso, which is a huge one for Apple right now, Jason Sudeikis. Uh, it's come in for season two and they also renewed it for season three. So it's huge right now so good stuff man huge. good stuff i always love how they renew for like a third season before the second season even comes out yeah right. that's so crazy to me but good for them hell yeah hell yeah well now it is time for the guest segment guys i know you guys are ready shanola hampton coming on to talk about shameless in the last season and so much more you guys know we dive deep into it into her yes. personal life and all the good stuff but you guys are really going to enjoy this one i'm happy for y'all really yes and remember an exclusive announcement about something with Shameless and Shinola in this interview. Just saying. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, here she is. Shinola Hampton, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you? Yeah, I'm 
feeling crazy. <laughs> Love it. Off to a good start already. Yes. Listen, we are so excited to have you on the show. As all of our listeners and fans know that follow us, we were blessed enough to meet you back a couple of years ago at the America 2.0 event. And man, the way you came right over to us on the red carpet and talked to us, you were just so kind and so sweet. And we are so excited to have you on the show and to, and, and to talk to you. It's so exciting. Thank you. I remember you guys so well. I loved that project. So that was such a fun one. But isn't it so weird if we did this at America 2.0 and then what happened to America right after that? Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> shit hit the fan. I'm just saying it was creepy. It was really <laughs> creepy. And, you know, and like everybody's like, will, will the real Seth run somebody, please? Right. You know, like. <laughs> Man, oh man. Well, boy, do we have a lot to talk to you about. Obviously, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. Shameless, you know. I mean, we we, yeah. we have to talk about Shameless. But uh, so many other things. You move kind of behind the camera. You're doing a lot of producing and executive producing lately. And you're working with schools. And you, you just got so much going on. We're going to try to talk about yeah, all that. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really fun. But what we like to do is kind of do a little bit inter- introduction to the fans. Um, Kind of talk about how you got started in the industry and was it something that you always knew you wanted to do or did you kind of fall into it or talk about that a little bit how'd you get started all right i won't bore anyone but here's the deal ever since i was four years old i knew that i wanted to be an actress i am just a little brown girl from south carolina a small town called somerville south carolina shout out to my south carolinians <laughs> um and my mom was not one of those moms or my dad that was going to be like, let's move to L.A. so my child can be a star. My mother was very much like, you are going to finish school. And my father was like, and on top of that, you're going to go to college and get your master's degree. And after that, you can do whatever you want. So, <laughs> damn it. so basically what happened is I thought I was going to be a Broadway star. That was actually one of my dreams. Bad, and I wanted to be on a soap opera because really the only person that kind of looked like me on TV was a character named Drusilla on Young and the Restless. Yes. So it was who I could relate to, but played by the beautiful Victoria Rowell, who yep. I later on met uh, in my life. And so it was between those two things that I really thought my dreams were. And uh, then when I was getting my master's degree, I thought that because I was going to do this as a career, I should know the genre of television. So I used the summer before my last year in my master's. I went to University of Illinois. And before the summer, that summer before my my final year, I came to LA. And while I was here, I worked at a co- casting office called Orange Dawson and Kritzer. And they gave me my first job mm. on a Ryan Murphy show called Popular. And I was tap heart lead. And I got into SAG. And then I got a pilot. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am here making a so, name for myself. LA, yeah. Like a little spin on General Hospital, like just one little. I, I I wonder if I could even find that footage. But just one little thing I did on General Hospital, and then I was like, "Oh, LA, LA, come to play." Yes. So um, I moved to LA, and the rest, as they say, is his story or her story. <laughs> yes, love I it. love it. And you you bring up. I wonder if I can find that footage. I'm just gonna throw this out there because I found the footage, and um, like I think the very first time I saw you that I remember was on the reboot of Electra Woman and Dinah Girl as Daisy. <laughs> and, 
I was a huge fan of the original, and I was a huge fan of Marky Post. So I was like, oh, I got to check this show out. And then come to find out, like, there is Daisy. That is Shinola Hampton. And I'm just like, so I went digging. the very first pilot I did. Yes. I thought I had made it. I just got picked up. Just so you know. Well, okay, there you go. And just so you know, I went digging and found some footage, and I may or may not put a pickup during this interview when we air. <laughs> I love that. Let me tell you something. Sid and Marty, but Sid is a trick, okay? <laughs> he is so funny. And so everything you think somebody who smoked weed all day life is, uh, is Sid. It's so <laughs> I don't think people appreciated enough the Croft and Marty Super Show back in the day, right? Like, they had so yeah. many good things back. I, as a child, I was loving every second of it, even if I didn't know why it was so tripping. I mean, it was so <laughs> fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man good stuff good stuff well that was a that wasn't a boring story at all about no. how you got started that was like bam <laughs> jump right in that's that's pretty awesome thank you i tried to make it really fast so that people are like ah blah 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 you were in a coffee shop <laughs> no no that doesn't happen <laughs> no trust me trust me our fans <laughs> would just love to hear you read a dictionary like it's completely <laughs> fine like they're just so super happy but I mean, you wanting to be on stage, did you get that opportunity to get on Broadway and get on stage in front of an audience, or how'd that go about? I have not gotten to Broadway quite yet, but I expect that after this podcast with you all and your fans and you of putting course. it out there, that I'll get some sort of, uh, you know, rent or some sort of some sort of offer to be somewhere on a stage. I'd love to just go for six weeks and do something. You know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, I'd love to do a full a full production too. Sure. But um, but that I feel like that's one of the next steps. I will be on a stage on Broadway before this yes. is all over. There yes. you go. I can see you in Hamilton. I can <laughs> yeah. see you in Hamilton. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my oh gosh. gosh. Angelica. Angelica. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Peggy. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. We don't want to have to pay for that, so I'll stop there. <laughs> that's right. Lynn's already calling. Uh-oh. Right? Uh, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. But so, look, it, it's been... Uh, just amazing to watch your career. And I kind of want to talk about le- like shameless a little bit because we were just mm-hmm. talking before, before we started going on the air with you and, and talking about how, you know, you've been on a show that's been what, 10, almost, you know, 10 years, 11 seasons, mm-hmm. and you've mm-hmm. been there since the very beginning. And, and we were talking about with mm-hmm. all the movements that we've been seeing in America, you know, like we were talking about at the top of the show and the things that are going on in, in society now with the mm-hmm. black lives movement and, and, you know, the, the equality movements and, and the me too movement you have been mm-hmm. on a show where you were a lead character and on a show that was not scared to go after controversial topics mm-hmm. like homosexuality and drug use mm-hmm. and interracial couples and and stuff like talk about that a little bit and what that's been like and and how have you seen the show you know through your eyes and being involved in it and then what is going on in society today and t- talk about that a little bit I think it's really interesting that uh, we were not bandwagoners I'm not saying that people are I think people are becoming more woke but I also think that they chose to be asleep for a really long time as well there's some people that a lot of things that are happening is brand new and there's a lot of people that just did not want to see it until it was in their face Shameless was never in a box that's what made the show great that's what makes the show great 
It's a show called Shameless, and we have to give credit to Showtime for at the time. Now everything is risque. Everybody's on a, doing a euphoria, doing a shame. You know, but when we were on 10 years ago, 11 seasons ago, there was nothing on as risque as us. Exactly. They took a chance to say, we're putting it all out there. We're going to show um, equal nudity, male, female, old, young, does not matter. On our show, you see it on. We're going to touch on politics. We're going to say the things that people are thinking but may be afraid to say. We're going to have a black girl with dreadlocks, the sexual being on the show where you don't normally see that, if we're being honest. And it makes me proud to be a part of something that other people weren't willing to do and that we didn't just come on to this. See, we're not new to it. We're true to it. We really, really are. John Wells has always been a truth seeker and a truth speaker. So when he said he was going to go for it, there were times when we would look at tape reads in our earlier season and everybody would be sitting there with their jaw dropping saying, <laughs> we aren't going to do this, are we? We're not saying this, are we? Are we going to make the, oh, we are. Oh, we got. We are with no apologies. Okay. Well, that's what we're doing. And we're called Shameless for a reason. Yes. So it's really something that I am proud of and I'm proud of all of the actors you know shameless we just did our final promo shoot for those of you who don't know a promo shoot are the photos you take that will be on the poster and things that they will use to advertise the new season we've done 11 of these and they always have different things and one of the things that I looked around the room because it's important as human beings that we not just be in the moment and not really be in the moment that's it and take stock of really what's happening. I am not, not under any impression that this is something that is not rare and special. This show and the people that I've gotten to work with for this long is an experience that I will have for the rest of my life. And I've grown with these people. And as I looked around the room at the promo shoot, there was a sadness, obviously, because it's our last one. But more than that, for me, there was a sense of pride. Mm. I was proud of the human beings that I was surrounded by, not only their work on screen, but who everyone has become off screen. We have gone through makeups and breakups and babies and marriages and divorces and everything you can imagine life. I've had my kids go from nine to 21, 22 to buying houses, all of those things. We've had that experience together. And it's very few shows that you can look around and say, we've had 11 promo shoots and almost every single cast member, almost every single one has been there from the beginning yes. to this end. And that is a rarity. And and not only just there, there with love and a sense of family that there is no book that can be written about what happened behind the scenes of Shameless because it's going to be boring. Like, oh, so they really love each other? Oh, they went to each other's house? Oh, they cooked out? Oh, you know what I mean? There's, there, those are the stories that we get to tell and the things that we've gotten to share. And so I have a sense of pride that even during these times where there's so much tension and, and so many arguments that we have a sense of togetherness, a togetherness that is diverse because we are all so very, very, very different. 
but the love and respect is there. So can it be done in the world? I would say yes. Just look at the cast of Shameless. See there? We just gave the speech to America. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we can't tell at all that you like the show or liked being there. No. Right. No. <laughs> no, not even a little. Wow, though. So well said. And you know what I really like? When, like towards the beginning of that when you said, you know, they speak the truth and everything. I feel like that's one of the main reasons I enjoyed the show. And I know Logan enjoyed the show and so many people enjoyed it because you guys did spark conversation. Yes. It was a show that was impossible to watch without talking about it and having a conversation about what was going on. And I think that's so crucial, especially when you have that type of a platform, so crucial for things to do nowadays. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, that, and it's really exciting. And I think that's why fans loved it at first, because before we were on Netflix, where people started to binge, and that changed our entire lives, mm-hmm. there were those that were just, hungry for this kind of material and that it was almost like a cult following and the thing that we would hear throughout was how we were touching on these issues that no one had touched on before but telling it in such a truthful way now do we go and and what is it called jump the shark sometimes yeah sure sure it's been 11 seasons honey we can't get it all the way right (laughs) Right. (laughs) okay there have been some jump the shark moments and some shit spotting moments okay but for the most part it is such a gritty raw show and this season won't be any different season 11 the pandemic is going on virus is going on you're living it in the show we're living it now so it is what it is we try to reflect life as best we can on the show <laughs> I, i'm just gonna say how the gallagher clan is getting through the <laughs> pandemic is right. gonna be like crazy <laughs> like that group of people you know, trying to deal with it <laughs> <laughs> so what was the casting process like that how do you even like go about getting a role like that because like you said the show is just so you know, do you go in knowing that it's going to be like that? And w- talk about that a little bit. What was it like to get cast on there? Uh, if you've worked for John Wells, you know, he is very particular about how he put cast together. And for my part, generally, those who don't know the business, you go in maybe three, maybe four times when you're going to get a role as a series regular. You go in for the initial audition, go back for the producers. They like you. They test you for network. They test you. Uh, for the studio, and you, they decide if you're going to get the job. This particular process, I went in seven times. Seven oh, wow. times, chemistry reading, doing all sorts of things. Now, mind you, I was on another show called mm. Miami Medical at the time. You can mm-hmm. bring up that footage, too. I see y'all over there. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> you already know. You already know. Gary Northam, okay? So I was on a show called Miami Medical, and I was a recurring on that show, and it just happened to be shooting on the same lot, Warner Brothers lot, that Shameless was auditioning on and where we now shoot. But had it been on any other lot in Los Angeles, I would not have been able to go to any of the auditions, not to mention seven, because I'm working and the traffic is so bad you can't get anywhere doing your lunch hours. So it just worked out that I was on the same lot shooting the show. So in between takes, I would jump out of my nurse's uniform. Yep, bring up that picture of me. My medical <laughs> she's cute. She's cute. Stop. And I would change on the golf course and if, if you on a golf cart. And if you know me or know the character Veronica, not me, uh, she is va va voom va va So she, I changed out of the nurse's uniform and put on my boobylicious outfit. <laughs> <laughs> 
did that seven times, did a couple of chemistry reads with Steve Howie. Finally, the last audition when we were testing for the network, I climbed Steve Howie like a tree. Now, if you've seen the height difference, I am 5'3". This mug is about seven foot tall. Okay? Oh, shit. Yes, okay? I wear heels on the show, y'all. I'm, and when people see me in person, they're like, oh, you're so short and little. And I'm like, what you mean? Do I look big and tall? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. But anyway, so, so, Steve Howie and I have a, a substantial height difference, and there was some sort of line, and I don't know what, what made me, but I started climbing him to hug him on during the audition. I climbed him like a tree, and I swear that got me the part. So... <laughs> Thank you, Steve Howie, for just going with it. And he's now my best friend. Oh, yeah. You guys, the chemistry is just fantastic. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's honestly brilliant. (laughs) And with being on such a huge cult phenomena hit show like you said how how's the mental health aspect of it because we all know the internet trolls are out there they're hating on everybody so how do you take that do you just take it at face value and just kind of shrug it off or did it affect you in the beginning or how's the internet trolls like well it's good uh to have internet trolls because we now have our therapists on the set to walk us through each moment that we're feeling no I'm just kidding I was about to say I was like wow and you know what is sad is like nobody would have denied everybody would have thought that was normal yeah seriously (laughs) y'all damn you got us you really got us (laughs) you can't see us but we both looked at each other with raised eyebrows like oh damn okay (laughs) (laughs) but that would get them trolls see there y'all got us all in the damn hospital right like (laughs) shit Honestly, goodness, for the most part, other than some of the fans that were loved, uh, with the, the, the attacks mostly happened uh, when there were fans that were in love with a specific couple, mm-hmm. and they would attack us like we were writing the stuff. I mean, I said it before, we're family. Right. So as you're making these attacks for these characters that you love on the show, if one of those characters is not on the show, we actually have lost our friend, family, from working with them. So right. believe me, the impact is probably a lot harder on us than it is on you. Exactly. Not to diminish your feelings. But then to have that followed up by attacking us personally, like we have anything to do with it, like we made any choices, like we write the script, it was ve- that's a very difficult uh, thing to deal with, just, just making personal attacks on us. Right. Now, let me be clear. Oh, shit. I am a grown-ass woman. <laughs> okay? I got two kids and a husband. And I live a, a lovely life, happy life, with my two kids and a husband. Okay. And my family's in South Carolina. So I got a lot of love around me. So to be honest with you, troll on troll, because you're not really bothering me or affecting my life in that way. And I don't really do mean because I don't put that energy out there. There we go. It's not cool to do. But for me personally, I mean, okay. Why are you doing that? I'm taking my kid to soccer. I don't know what you want me to tell you. you exactly. know? I mean, I don't really have time for that. It's a, it's a whole different thing. I'm grown as well. I talk to people. But that was when it was the most, that was when the trolling was at the height of trolls. Like we could do something about it. And I right. get it. People get frustrated and they want to talk about their frustrations and they feel like they're saying it to um, anyone who will listen. Not that any changes uh, could be made by the people that you're sending those attacks to. Um, but 
But that's probably what got the toughest. That's well, just uh, being candid. Yeah, and, and you know, it goes to, like, I think that the strongest thing coming out of that is, like you, you said, you know, you've got your kids, you've got your husband, and a strong support system, and the, uh, the people you surround yourself with are critical in this industry, and I think that's how you, so, you know, you survive is, is to surround yourself with positivity and people that support what you do. That's right. That's right. And that's what we all have to do, really. No matter what career you're in, you have to make sure that you have cheerleaders in your arena. Hell yeah. There will be no booze in my arena. You can't say boo 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 bye you there's no booze you will only say yeah you will cheer me on you can set me straight if i'm wrong but only cheerleaders in my arena and that's what everybody has to remember this world has become so social media obsessed and looking for how many likes to validate who they are as people and likes are good i like likes too i want to be like i'm going to post the cutest picture and use a fly filter as well so i'm not above that but does it define me or does it make me wake up sleep? No. And we have to stop being defined by how many followers we have, mm. how many likes we have, or looking at a million people say something kind and focusing just on the one person who says something really, really nasty. There is a security that you have to find in oneself to just live this life and choose joy, period. <sighs> That that's so good. Yeah. Holy shit. Woo. That was that was great. Just, like, could, <laughs> just cut that section of the show and put it in a textbook somewhere. Like, like right. you know, acting one oh one, life one oh one. Just listen to this. Like, yeah, boom. and I can't tell you, Shanola, how many people that have actually come on the show and said when they go to an audition, they're asked by the casting director or producer, anybody who's in the room, mm-hmm. they ask about their followers and if they have that mm-hmm. built in fan base, and which we think is ridiculous. We always say it should be the best person for the job. Job. If they come Absolutely. in and blow it blow it out the water, they deserve the job. It doesn't matter about their social media presence or anything like that. It depends on their work ethic and what they will bring to the character. Or even going further than that, it doesn't matter about their skin color, whether they're man or woman. Like I just feel like the best person for the role, and if that means changing the the genre or you know gender of a role or whatever the case may be, I just we think that's how it should be. I agree. I agree with you, and that that's a very new thing, and it's a very real thing. The asking about the social media and and how much it's such a ridiculous thing now when i started out my whole problem was going in for quote unquote white roles and them being the only black person Mm -hmm. in the room so i had a whole different struggle now mind you if you look at our shows adapted from the british version and this is another thing to john wells and to showtime's credit 10 years ago 11 years ago before it was like the thing to do uh which it should have always been the thing to do just to be clear just, just to be clear, this should not be like a new thing. Let me just be exactly. clear on that. However, the woman who played Veronica was a white girl with blonde hair. I don't think that I am that at all. <laughs> and so for them to have the foresight to see that, I thought was a really good thing back then to have a representative that I did not see on television growing up. I told you who I saw. And, um, and so that was a really cool thing for me, even now, but especially back then. That's it. That's it. I, I love just the nostalgia. When you brought up Drusilla, I was like, yes, Victoria yeah. Rowell, like diagnosis murder. Like, you know, remember she went on to diagnosis murder with Dick Van Dyke. I was like, damn, somebody on the show that knows my shit. Like, okay, all right. Yes, I love her. Yeah. I she was so good, though. And honestly, we're sitting there like, I can't imagine, you know, Veronica as, as anybody but you at this point. Agreed. Like, I just, it, it's one of those iconic roles that if it had been cast differently, it just wouldn't have been the same. Oh, thank 
Thank you. I mean, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. And something new we've been bringing up in the podcast interviews, and I think it's pretty funny for the people who recollect and the listeners. Um, what is your most embarrassing moment on set that you are able to overcome now and look back on it and laugh? <laughs> After 10 years, there's got to be one, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I, see, now, on Shameless, I don't think I really have a moment because the embarrassing stuff, you know, when you with, you know, when you with your people, yeah, some crazy stuff could happen, but you're not really embarrassed. But I will tell you an embarrassing set moment that happened on Miami Medical. Oh shit! As I so Miami Medical was a medical drama, and there was a lot of medical jargon that you had to say. So I'm in the middle of this spiel, and I'm nervous as hell because there is a lot of stuff that I have to say, and I'm just a recurring on the show. Okay, so I cannot mess up. I need to right. say my lines and keep it moving. So I am ready. I am ready. And we are pushing this gurney down and uh, getting them through the ER. And all of a sudden, my hair, my dreadlocks, they are real. There are no extensions. These are mine. I've been growing them for 20-some-plus years. So my dreadlock hair gets caught up in the uh, the IV bag. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> As we are dragging the gurney down at full speed. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's going to be a cut. You're right, like, hold on, hold on. We go, so my neck is jerked back like whiplash, and there's my neck, and then we're pushing the gurney. Okay, we're going to cut now. I think we're going to cut. Chanel's hair is caught in the gurney. Yep, that happened. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> and you, like a pro, you, you just move right on, right? You cut, yeah, let's yeah. redo, let's go again. Let's go again. So <laughs> my neck is fine. So Get me a brace. We're, we're good. Let's just, just go. It's a medical <laughs> drama, right? We got a brace somewhere. Yeah, we, can, we can write that in. <laughs> Gosh, that is so good. <laughs> so, okay, obviously you've had this like epic, you, you know, in front of the camera career, you know, so, but let's talk mm-hmm. about a little bit about how you started to move behind the camera with some executive mm-hmm. producing and producing yes. and like taking control of some shows. When did that move start? And is it something that you continue to see yourself doing, maybe directing and, and, mm-hmm. and doing this type of stuff behind the camera more often or what? Great question. It started right after I had my second child. I felt like um, I had accomplished the things I wanted to personally I was able to have two children on a two kids on a show so the reason why that's important is a lot of actors know this but it's so hard to kind of navigate the waters of when to get pregnant and when Mm. to have the baby because you got to work and you want to try to be set for pilot season and so you're kind of trying to navigate these things that you can't really navigate because but so the blessing of being able to be on a show and a lot of people have said that Veronica got pregnant on the show because I was pregnant in real life, but that actually is not the story. Oh. The real story, gentlemen, is that Veronica was always going to be pregnant. When I went to John Wells to tell him that I had gotten pregnant during the hiatus, he was like, good, because Veronica is pregnant with triplets. But then one gets <laughs> even in the womb and she's going to have twins. And he starts to tell me this whole storyline. I was like, okay, so no prosthetic belly then. Right? <laughs> That's actually how the stars align for me. So all of these blessings happened for me on this show. So I had my two kids, and after my son, I said to myself, I knew that, that I always wanted to do more besides being an actor, but it was really after I had my son and I felt like I had accomplished all that, that I wanted to make choices that would take me beyond Shameless. I knew eventually Shameless was going to come to an end. So what do I want to do besides acting? And that was finding projects to executive produce. Those were the movies that I've done. Mm -hmm. But I am now going to be directing, you ready? Yes. Exclusively here 
I think I can announce this. I hope I don't get in trouble for announcing this. I think <laughs> Shh, it's okay. We won't tell okay, anybody. Okay, I'm just telling you I played it. You, you won't tell anybody, that, but all of you millions of That's, that's right. <laughs> all right. I am actually directing episode eight of the final season of Shameless. Oh, oh shit. Yes. That's so exciting. That is exciting. So, uh, uh, it's very exciting, but let me be clear. <laughs> a lot of actors who are on shows are like, I'm going to direct a show. Okay. I actually studied under three wonderful directors. I shadowed them for seven weeks straight. I took it very seriously. I took it like it was my master's degree in directing. I stayed with them from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. I followed uh, Anthony Hardwick, who is our DP, because that's a specific guy. I followed a wonderful woman named Silvertree, who is one of the best directors in the business. And then, of course, the master John Wells himself. Mm. So I went through all the training. I showed the dedication that I had. It is something that I'm so passionate about, the directing part of it, that it was hard for me to go in front of the camera when I was doing the shadowing because I just wanted to be behind the scenes doing the stuff. I love it so much. And then John Wells gave me the opportunity after seeing what I did for those seven weeks shadowing. And now I have the opportunity. And that's something that I will be able to do for our final season, which means so much to me. And then take it. Yes. So I'm excited. I'm so excited for you. I know. Me too. I got goosebumps. And I have no doubt after people see what you're capable of, it's going to lead to many more things. You know, feature films, more television directing, and just, I have no doubt. because. And I love the fact that you said, you know, I came at it from three different people and three different eyes because I feel like, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are trying to break into the industry and aren't real familiar with everything. that. And I don't think, sometimes I think people think directing means you just stand there, call action, and they do what you want. You know, there's so much more that goes into it, you know, the blocking and the and and the storyboarding and how the scene is going to be shot. Does the DP see it the way the director sees it? And if not, where do you get there? How do you get there? And so I love the fact that you brought up I'm coming at it from three different sets of eyes, three different looks at it. Um, uh, just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was important to me. First of all, you want to be taken seriously because I have seen actors, but I'm not number one or two on this show. So it's not like a guarantee that somebody will give me it. You know what I mean? <laughs> not that that's a guarantee. Right. But I'm just saying that it's easier when you're the lead of a, the lead lead of the show, which I am on night school, but the lead lead of a show to go in and ask for the opportunity. But a lot of actors say they're going to shadow people. And I don't know what, how many of your listeners want to do this, but they're going to shadow people. And then they go for half a day right. or they go for a couple of hours. Right. Or they go, And that's cool if that's your bag, but that's not me. Me, I want to know, what did you do when you woke up? Okay, can I get your, you know, I started pretending like I was their assistant too. So they knew that I am humbled down. I'm not the actor that you worked with. I am humbled down to learn from you and to soak everything in. And that was really, really important to me. So it's something I cannot honestly say that I am proud of is that. So I can't wait for y'all to see my episode. And look, I get an exclusive. Yes. Yeah, right there. <laughs> we, we love that. <laughs> I mean, we always love I that. I haven't even announced that yet. Yes. Well, <laughs> well everybody's going to know soon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good, so good. Well, you know, Trinola, we got a little projects if you want to direct some of our projects. That's right. <laughs> you know, y'all better give me a call. You know, she's booked and busy, but I think I might be able to squeeze something That's in right. your oh, shit. Yeah, We got a juicy little drama about the industry that we think you might be like, oh, man, I'd love to see your take on directing that. That'd be awesome. Right. Ooh, yeah, but it's in me some stuff. Look at us making connections. <laughs> making Hollywood that. happen, as Jeremy says. We're making Hollywood happen. <laughs> 
happen. That's right. Well, look, you brought it up, night school, so we got to go there. Like, super yeah. excited that you do it, night school. Talk about that. How mm-hmm. exciting is that? You know, it's really exciting for me, and we'll see what happens with it. But one of the re- things that happens when people, when it's announced that it's the final season, season of a show that you've been on for a long time is you start getting offers for other things. And it's important in your career to say, what do I want my next step to be? What's mm. the look? So many people have seen me as Veronica for so long, which I'm really not in real life. If you met me, you kind of know that. Um, but um, but a lot of times people just associate that to being what you can do. Mm-hmm. So you want to make choices when you're not in that character that show some range. And that's, that's why I got my masters, okay? <laughs> so uh, to show that I have some depth, okay? Uh, but one of the things that I was struggling with was what is this next step for me? I knew that the next step was something that would be in the leadership, leadership position. That's one of the things that I knew I wanted to do because I, because, well, frankly, I'm good at it. So uh, that's, and I knew what I could bring to that. So I wanted that to be one of my choices. And then this opportunity to do a multi-camera came along. And the honest to God truth, at first I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Multicure, I don't know. Am I going to, oh, I don't know. Um, and then as I discussed it more and more, I realized that this is a completely different world for me. Completely different world for me. It's network television. Uh-huh. It, what I could bring to it would probably be something that people haven't seen on network TV before because I'm not like a sitcom actress or whatever that is. I know that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying that's not me. And I wanted that to be clear in the conversations that we're having, like what I bring to it will be this. Um, and, um, Anyway, and so I decided to do it and work with Will Packer and with Kevin Hart and Chris Monihan. And it truly is one of the best decisions that I've ever made. I We shot that pilot. And while we were there, I knew this was where I was supposed to be at this point. I love the people. The story is so great and so fun and it's diverse, but not just for the sake of being diverse. You know what you were talking about earlier about not about casting just the right people, casting good people. That's what it is. And it just happens to be really, really diverse, but it makes sense. So, uh, so that makes me really excited and, uh, and all, and to be working with NBC who've been so lovely and kind and open, it has been really a wonderful experience. Now, here's the truth. We just shot the pilot. So some changes have happened over at NBC, you know, and, and, and so now we have to just wait to see if we get picked up and it's just a waiting game at this point. I'm, I'm going to bet. Yes. I, I mean, let, let's hope so anyway. Cause... Right. If anything, a Peacock original, I mean, there should there be loading up like their streaming service. So I can only imagine with that great of a cast. And I mean, of course you're self attached. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. put that thing somewhere. Definitely. Yeah. I hope so too. And, and because I think it's something that, and also I think that people need something that's lighter, but it, it, but not to be dumbed down, but just something that just makes you feel good. Like, Oh, okay, I watched that and I don't feel like I want to go in my closet and cry for that. Right. Know, I just want to, it was just light and, and I think it, it, it's sort of what the world needs to see. And then 
the representation of so many different ethnic ethnic groups and women. I, I just think that it would be really a, a wonderful thing to hit the television screen. So I hope that happens. Exactly. And plus another thing on top of that is the idea is relatively new. Like all these mm-hmm. in the wake of reboots and revitalizing like all these different shows that happen 20, 30 years ago, I think it's necessary sure. to have new content out there. I mean, some of it's okay, don't get me wrong, but where, yeah. I mean, with so many up-and-comers trying to break into the industry, there's so many great writers out there that just haven't got their break yet because they've been passed over because of reboots or remakes. So, I think it needs to happen. Absolutely. Was that a dig Absolutely. against Electra Woman and Dinah Girl? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. I promise you, Shanola. I promise you. I feel like I promise you, I promise you, Shinola was not. No, no. It's good stuff. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, for, for people who follow you, though, like on social media and everything, I'm sure we got, I want to talk about this because th- this just kind of blew up and took off on social media. And, and like we were talking about earlier, like Logan had said earlier about all the negativity sometimes on social media, a really positive thing that came about with, with you and, and some local schools and and working really hard with this initiative to try to get mm. classroom supplies you know for, for schools and teachers that, oh. that were paying for stuff out of their own pockets talk about that a little bit because i just thought the way you got behind that movement and how personal it was to you mm. um and you just rolled with it and it's just been amazing to see what you've been able to do and all these people that have come on board because of you to be able to help these teachers out oh my gosh thank you for even saying that and i'm going to be honest with you social media is so great but it's so crazy that it didn't dawn on me that it would become such a movement. I just really, I have my very best friend of 25 years who is a principal in New York. My sister, two of my sisters both have their doctorates in education, principals. My cousins are teachers. Another cousin's a principal. So everyone that I know, my kids are in the public school system. If you saw me on social media, you hear me talk about that because I am such an advocate for the public schools. That is not a dig on anyone. That is just my choice. And it is a, those, the funding for public schools is so bad that it is so frustrating and the teachers have a lot of weight on them. And what I was hearing and the stories I was hearing from my sisters and during this time, and it's not really just this year, so it's not just a pandemic thing. This actually happens every single year, which is they need more supplies than they have funding for. So they have to dig into their own pockets. So the pockets of teachers who are already severely underpaid, they are now going to try to get more supplies that our kids should automatically have, but they don't. But the kids, but the teachers want to make sure that the kids have these experiences. They are such heroes. So anyway, as I was hearing the stories and I was seeing that there were lists, and one of the things about me when I'm giving to charity, I am hesitant a lot of times to give just money. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, I like a lot of human beings are like, well, where's money really going? Can you show me that the money is going there? So to have something that was tangible, like a list of actual products that they needed for the classroom, I was like, this is something that people can actually do from their bed send it straight to the teacher. The teacher will have it for the classroom and it takes some weight off. So I was so pleased and so grateful. And I want to just say now, anyone's listening that took one of my retweets of these teachers lists and bought something, I am 
so, so, so grateful to you for really standing with us and standing with me and standing with our teachers. It was, it got overwhelming sometimes as I'm sitting in my bed trying to, you know, mark off things on each teacher's list because it got, it ended up being so many lists because there's so many teachers that are in need. Those lists are still up if anybody wants to go and help out a teacher. And um, it's something that I'm now going to do every single year because I think it's really helpful. So thank you for asking about that. Absolutely. And thank you for, for using your platform to do things like that. I think we need more of that. And uh, I mean, it just goes to show what kind of a human being you are. And, and we need more people like that. So thank you for doing that and for being such an advocate for public schools, because I think that's important, too. Definitely. Very, very. public schools. Yes, exactly. I think people automatically assume that if you're on television or if you, because even when I go into, you know, not anymore. Now they know who I am. But when I go into your, when the, when I take my kids to school, they just, uh, why are you here kind of face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. There are so many good teachers and so many good administrations in our public schools. And if more people actually supported the public schools that were of a certain social economic place standing in the world, then actually our public schools would start driving even more instead of automatically pulling them and putting them into private schools who really don't need the money anymore. Just saying. Mm, good point. Good yeah. point. I'm not saying they don't need the money. I think it's fine, but private school is very, very, very expensive. If we took, if we took just a percentage of the money that people spend on private school and gave to our public schools, let's say like five percent, right? Five percent right. of that. Do you know what the public school system could do with five percent of what it costs to take a child to a private school? Absolutely. That's all yeah, just that right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> definitely, it's so crazy, man. It's so crazy to think about the broader aspect of like the differences between public and private, like what's offered and what's not. It's it's crazy to think about, and like this is where we are right now, and as a country, this is where we are. And I mean, there's so absolutely. many things that we need to get better at. Honestly, but this yeah, is how we absolutely. do it, though, right? Like starting a conversation, just having a chat. This is what we need to talk about. Maybe here's some things we can look at. Maybe we can change this. You know, that's how it starts. You just got to talk. Talking because, about the gray area. Yeah. Not a lot of people like to talk about, about the, the gray area. Nope. So. It's, mm-hmm. it's black or white. Nobody wants to come to the middle and realize that we are all more alike than we are separate. And if you just talk, we can get shit done, you know? That's exactly right. And I just want to be clear because I, because I think that so many things in the world become so divisive. Or, oh, yeah. it, you know, if you say anything, I am not knocking private schools at all or people that make that choice. I'm just stating a fact of the funding Uh that the public schools need. So it's not any a knock against private. It's just that we have to do more for our public school system. That to clarify anything that may come that may look like I'm trying to say, like it's me against you. It's not that. It's not that at all. Do you? But we got to figure out a way that we can support our public schools and our public school teachers and our public school administrators in our districts in a better way. They deserve better. We should be doing better. Period. Agreed. Woo. Yeah. Like, I just like, Woo. you should teach. <laughs> like, damn. Like, That's you should, Matt. There you go. She's just bringing knowledge. Like, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. She's just bringing it. I just love that, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, you know, to lighten it up a little bit, lighten it up. With coming right out of quarantine, I mean, what mm-hmm. are your shows that you are watching during quarantine and or right now? That's right. Guilty pleasures. Okay. Are y'all ready? I'm ready. Let me tell you something. Did y'all think I was smart for a minute? No, but I'll show you who I really am. She loves Ratchet TV. Okay, guys. Let's talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about shows right now. 
um, I'm watching Married at First Sight, which is fantastic. Because these people never met each other ever, 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 ever in life. They don't know how they look. And they meet right when they're at the altar. And they say, I do. And then they spend these months together. And they can decide. Really, it's kind of fake in the way that they can decide four, six weeks later not to be together. So it's kind of like, well, you know that you actually do have an album. But I just love the idea because people really find in love this way. And I get so into the human mind and how other people interact with other people that they don't know, but now they have to say that that's my husband, that's my wife. I'm very into that. Right. <laughs> I watch every single Real Housewives that you can imagine. So any Real Housewives right now, I'm catching up on Potomac because I did not watch it at first, and I am now obsessed. That's my binge right now. I watched Ozark. Okay, everybody calm down. It's not just reality TV. I was to say, all reality, damn. Uh, okay. All right, and I am really mad at Big Brother this season. If anybody watches that show, you will agree with me. It is the absolute worst <laughs> season of Big Brother in the history of however many 22 seasons. It is so bad, and they called it an all-star season. Once you get rid of Janelle, you are no longer an all-star season. <laughs> oh okay? We are going to have so many fans listening to this that are just going to totally relate. Because I can tell you how often we see in our feed people saying the same shit about Big Brother. Hell so yeah. A whole lot of people oh, going to be here worst. happy about that. And it's the worst. Now, what I was happy about, yeah, because, you know, during the pandemic, we didn't get a lot of our shows. I was happy that they came back. But y'all could have came back better than that. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, come on now. Okay? Look out something. And then the people that they have, I, I could go on and on about my frustration with Big Brother. I just wanted to be over. Okay? <laughs> Just crown whatever the biggest loser is. Oh, I'm sorry, the big brother, uh, and keep them moving, okay? So that was, all right, so Ozark was one. I started watching Euphoria, and gentlemen, let me explain this to you. My kids will never go out a day in their life. Oh, shit. I have no idea. Okay? They right? are four, and they are six. I am 43 years old, happy, because I look like this. Don't worry about it. I don't mind saying my age. Yes, I say, okay? <laughs> so I am, I'm old. No, no, you ain't old. No, because if you're old, I'm, I'm like you know, dinosaur. So we, we ain't going there. No, you, you no, are, no, you are young. Mama's old. Because I'm looking at Euphoria, I felt like my grandma saying, "Is this what the kids were doing these days?" <laughs> Euphoria had me so scared and so shook that I said, "Kai, Doc, I know you're four and six, and you want to understand this now, but listen to Mama. You will not leave this house. That's it. That's it." No, you're not going to a school dance because I know what they do at school dances, sir. <laughs> Ma'am, no. So that's it. That's my binge that, which was a wonderful binge. Let me say, I've been some other stuff too, but that kind of gives you like a full overview yes. of all my binges, and it's been great. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you on Euphoria, though. Like, I, I'm a dad to a daughter, and I just wanted to like lock her up and say, and she's a grown woman. She's 21, and I still wanted to lock her up and like, no, you ain't going anywhere alone. <laughs> like, you know, it's just no, terrifying. But Terrifying. So, okay, so the what are you doing? is amazing, though, by the way. All right, so, so you are very clearly family oriented and, and you know beautiful family at that so let's talk about we today we spent our time uh picking out some pumpkins at the pumpkin patch doing a little carving we all had a little we're gonna have a little contest tonight you know so we gonna have people vote on it but uh I love that. um but what so what are you and the family doing you know it's right around the corner you got any halloween plans we do so just so everybody knows social distancing and safety is very important to us as well but we've been able to live in a neighborhood where we've kind of created our own pod are you hearing about mm. these pod so the pods of kids that have been so this pod of people that we're in our neighborhood with they have been playing throughout the entire um pandemic you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh so we are doing a pod party 
And so the kids will get to dress up in one of our neighbor's houses. She's going to have like 13 different stations like around her house where you can say trick-or-treat. And some of them are going to be actual tricks oh. um, that she's going to pull, like spraying the kids in the face with water, which I thought was... <laughs> Uh, okay, if that's what we're doing to four-year-olds, but okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> trick? You're right. Wait, I don't even know what trick means, Just but let's play me in the face. Shadola's going to be out there warning everybody, say treat, say treat. <laughs> say treat, say treat, okay? So, uh, so the kids are dressing up. We Oh, that was the other binge I did. The Descendants, the movie, with my kids. Mm. I don't know if you've seen this movie. I know your kids are older, but let me just tell you. Descendants 1, 2, and 3, I'm here for all of it. They sing. <laughs> they dance. The story is great. If you don't know the story, it is what it says. It's the descendants of all the villain characters and our hero, quote-unquote, supposedly, hero characters, right? Right. Uh, it's their kids. In this new world, and it is amazing. If I know you feel like, okay, it's a kid movie. It's not. You must watch it. Watch one, two, and three. But my kids are very into it, and they're dressing up like a couple of the Descendants characters, and, and that's how we're going out. That's awesome. And I am not going to be Maleficent. I know you were asking. No. <laughs> okay. Mama, what you going to be, the photographer? There, so, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, man. But listen, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and uh, doing this for us. Like I said, long time coming. We're so super thrilled. I mean, just this whole thank thing has you. just been amazing. But we, what we like to do at the end of each interview is have our guests leave a little piece of advice for the up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry. And what pitfalls do you say to try to avoid? Uh, the advice that I always give and it's for the industry specifically, but you can use it in anything. Uh Stay humble and hungry. Mm. Bill Macy could be the biggest jerk-off around. He is a legend. He has done everything, okay? He has never come on our set with an air of anything but kindness, and he has a humble spirit. And he could be like, I'm going to go do other things, and I could do this, and I don't need this show, whatever but he's still hungry to shoot. I learned that so much from just watching him. It's nothing he ever said. It's from his behavior. So from that, I took stay hungry, always wanting it, always going after it, never getting complacent, stay hungry to go to the next level, to try new things, to go from in front of the camera to behind the camera, to writing, to whatever you want to do, stay hungry for something and stay humble no matter where you are, no matter how many people like your post. No matter how many people say you're pretty or how many people say you're talented, it does not matter. Stay hungry, stay humble, and stay kind. Mm, It's not hard to say hi to everybody. Exactly. Okay? Hungry, humble, and kind. That's my advice going in. And some of the pitfalls I think that people fall into is letting other people dictate who they are as artists or as creatives. You want to please people, and yes, we all want to be like, but trust the reason why spirit, whatever you believe in, has put the sense of artistry inside your soul. It's because you have a story to tell. You have choices to make as an actor. Make your choices, and don't try to fit into anybody else's box, because they'll try to put you there. You got to fight against that and trust yourself. That's it. That's good. That's really good. Again, just school. (laughs) She's schooling, like just nonstop. I mean, 
Whew. We're signing up for the first class. That's right. We're, we're, like, we're Shinola Hampton's master class. We are there. Like, like it, it's just done. Saying. <laughs> oh. Y'all don't want my class. I used to teach acting and throw shoes at kids. Oh, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen, you have just been an absolute gem. Open invite. Anytime you want to come back on the show, you are obviously more than welcome. And we just cannot wait to see the directorial debut. Thank you for that exclusive, by the way. We love that. And uh, just continued success, you know, and, and best wishes with the family life and the personal life and the career and just um we, we are humbled and grateful and thankful and just thank you so much oh thank you guys so much y'all are so lovely and i'm so glad we finally got to do this and thank you so so much you're awesome oh thanks for raising <laughs> absolutely take care now have a great weekend and and we'll be in touch soon all right all right thank you guys all right bye-bye now bye Bye. So good, man. So good. Woo! Long time coming. The one and only Shanola Hampton. It's been an amazing ride. <laughs> She's just so real. Yeah. I just talk about humility. She's just humble from the, you know, you can really tell she's appreciative for everything and just like, wow. Yeah. I, I, that's all That's I say. it. Right just, there. Wow. Mic drop. Thank you again, Shinola, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment, guys. Oh, my goodness. So super excited about it. Brought to you by our podcast producer, Jason. Just yes. rocking and roll it every single week. With it being Halloween tomorrow and this the, technically the Halloween episode, it is top five horror movie characters. Yes, this one only made sense. I mean, I mean come course, on now. Of come course. Uh, my number five goes to Jimmy Bones from Bones. Ooh. Not a lot of people know about this one. It's actually Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg <laughs> it was a character in a horror movie where he was like this old pimp who had a house and fucking like just now terrorizes people who come into the house. Freaking awful movie, but it's hilarious at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to check out Jimmy Bones uh, tonight <laughs> or tomorrow, yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. And drink Snoop wine when you're doing it. Exactly. That's fantastic. Okay, my number five, just the opposite. Everybody knows these creepy fuckers. I'm talking about the Grady twins Yo, yeah. from The Shining. Mm. Those creepy-ass twin girls who every time... I still am scared shitless every time I see them. It's those two girls... And his frozen face at the end. Anytime I see either one of them, it scares the shit out of me. I'm sorry. I'm a grown-ass man. The Grady twins (laughs) still scare the shit out of me. That's my number five. It's fine. The Grady twins are in the shining. It's fine. It's fine. You know you can't walk down a dark hallway and not want to see them twins. Especially, like, like in a hotel. like That's got the weird carpet and shit. Yeah. Get scared, man. (laughs) Get scared. Uh, My number four goes to The Witch Slash The Woods from Mm. The Blair Witch Project. We watched this for the first time, like, a couple (laughs) a couple months ago oh my god i was fucking terrified i came out of my room like just looking everywhere to see if everything was still okay like i didn't want to see any branches fucking with x's or some shit like that's this terrifying movie i for sure thought it was real for the longest time but then i mean you know it's not but yeah i mean if you guys haven't seen the blair witch project it's basically paranormal activity before paranormal activity it's basically what started paranormal activity it is and this film was shot for like a buck 50 yeah right and made a gazillion hundred dollars yeah like i'm not even kidding like millions and millions and millions at the box office and it was shot for like damn near nothing yeah so um huge huge success and yeah to, but if you are weary or have epilepsy yeah or anything, not, good. not good be careful watching this movie yeah. it is crazy so and if you don't like breathing 
because it's a lot of heavy breathing. It is. So I'm just saying. Okay. My number four is everybody. I went old school on all mine. You did. My number four is everybody's favorite scary ass fucking dog, Cujo. 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 Like, admit it. Every time you see a dog with just like a little drool starting to hang down, you're like, oh, fuck, Cujo. Every time you see a dog barking that's a little too aggressive, Cujo. Like, like, that's me anyway. If you're my age or in that realm, you know, every time you see a bad dog, you're like, fuck Cujo. It's Cujo. (laughs) So Stephen King, it's a Stephen King novel. I'm not even sure if a lot of people realize that Cujo is a Stephen King novel that was turned into a film. But scary as fuck. And it will make you think twice about wanting a dog. <laughs> right. But um, there it is. Number four, Cujo. Definitely, definitely. My number three goes to Pennywise from It. Don't get me wrong. Skarsgård did amazing in these uh, mm. most re- recent interpretations of the novel. But I love the fucking TV film with Tim Curry. Like, his uh, interpretation of Pennywise, I think, was just spot on and scary as shit. I'm just saying. It's fucking terrifying. So, yeah, my number three, Pennywise the Clown. I fucking hate clowns, too, by the way. Like, <laughs> Well, if you don't like Tim Curry's clown because you're scared of clowns, watch him in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, right. It's a perfect weekend hey. to do that, too. Boom. I mean, you know, come on, boom. Uh, my number three, again, going old school, and I'm talking about Pazuzu. You guys know who I'm talking <laughs> Pazuzu is the demon that fucking inhabited Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Creepy as fuck. I still can't watch that movie. Like, like when her head spins fucking yeah, around. it's pe- creepy. Pazuzu is like, rah, 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 I'm just like, fuck that. Click. Right. Turning that shit off. Like, <laughs> just, it's terrifying. I think these movies back in the 70s, like, you know, and early 80s, were legitimately the scariest shit ever. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, when you're talking about Damien and the Omen and, like, like you know, The Shining and fucking Exorcist, scary as shit, bro. Yeah. Pazuzu, my number four. Oh, yeah. Uh, my or number, my number three. See, number I'm so three. scared. I don't even, I can't don't even know. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, my number two goes to Jason from Friday the 13th. I fucking love that backstory, having like this fucking. <laughs> I thought you were going to say backstab. Oh, God. That man. too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you know. But yes, I mean, obviously he took kind of like. Yeah, Michael Myers and Halloween all kind of came out at the same time. So yeah. I like the aspect of him not really chasing anybody. He's fucking walking the whole time, and he's going to pop out around the corner and kill your ass. No matter how fast you're running. Exactly. <laughs> that was the best part about it. These people hauling ass. He's just like, nope, still going to catch you. Exactly. That's going to be great. But yeah, I mean, so many freaking reincarnations of this character. Uh, but yeah, Jason, Friday the 13th, might have to watch one of those tonight after The Mandalorian. Yes, yes. Okay, my number two. Scary as fuck, and he's just a normal guy who's fucking crazy. I'm talking about Norman Bates mm, from yep. Psycho. Yeah. I mean, dude is terrifying, okay? When when he gives that creepy look, when he's looking through the peephole, oh, like God. staring in, like he is creepy as fuck. I know you're not your like full out classic slasher type horror film, but just creepy, fucking insane killer horror film yeah and i don't think there's any better than norman bates in psycho i just think anthony perkins just mm. hitchcock knows how to get it done he knows how to get it done. <laughs> like just I saying mean, everybody knows yeah. everybody knows you admit it you never wanted to take a shower again or go to a hotel what no. the fuck is it with hotels yeah. like i mean just mm. exactly it's fucking creepy <laughs> uh my number one this is by far my favorite horror character like he's just hilarious the whole time but he's also terrifying as fuck yes uh freddy Krueger nightmare on elm street and i gotta say i know it got a lot of heat but i actually really enjoyed freddy versus 
Jason. Mm. Uh, shout out to Jason Ritter, who's in that movie. Yes. Uh, but fucking, yeah, I loved when they were going back at each other, back to back, and fucking uh, trying not to bring Freddy actually into life and keeping him in the dreams. And But yeah, I love how he kind of fucks with people in their dreams and how it fucks with them in their real life. Because, I mean, shit, how many dreams do you have that it really fucks with you your day life? Yeah. Like, just a say lot. a lot, yeah. A lot. <laughs> so Freddie, they they hit they hit it hot. But I mean, you can't you can't remake it. Like that remake was awful. Um, you can't recast that person. So no, just saying. Yeah, I mean, he's iconic. You can't do it. it. Is. You can't do it. Speaking of iconic, my number one also, like you said, is just crazy, funny, awesome, hilarious, but then creepy as fuck. I'm talking about the legendary Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Ash from the Evil Dead. Groovy, baby. I mean, pillow talk. All the one-liners that come out of that series of films are just absolutely amazing. But Bruce Campbell's Ash, by far, hero, but then quickly dissipates into this chaotic, insane, lunatic kind of a guy when the evil demon kind of gets to him. And, like, just, that, the, uh, just I love the chainsaw. Just, ah! I mean, you know, I don't think there's a better horror character that's like hero slash villain than Ash. Agreed. And I'm I, like you said with Nightmare on Elm Street. Every time they've tried to redo this thing, it hasn't quite doesn't worked. Work, yeah. Without Bruce Campbell, you can't do it. I thought Jane Levy in that version was good, but without Ash, it's not Evil Dead. Yeah. So it's just not the same. It's not the same, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. What will you be watching for this Halloween? What are your horror movies? We want to know. Be sure to comment in the uh, comment section. Yes. Either on the podcast uh, app that you're watching or listening to or the YouTube channel. All that good shit. Uh, but now heading over to the box office recap, which is barely anything. Still. <laughs> um, Honest Thief. You know, that's that Liam Neeson one. Uh, oh, Kate Walsh. Uh, came with at number one with 2.4. Uh, number two was The War with Grandpa, Bobby. Bobby uh, with 1.9. Number three is Tenet. That one's just staying in the top five. Oh, yeah. So good for them. Uh, number four was The Empty Man with 1.3, uh, neck and neck with Tenet. And number five was Nightmare Before Christmas with 577,000. I feel like Honest Thief is like a biopic of Liam Neeson. Like, because he is a, he's, real a, life, he's like. a thief because he's taking all of your money at the box office and, and POD and all these kind of things. But he's honest about it because he just tells you, I'm the same guy in every movie. Every movie. And you're going to pay the money anyway because you love what I do. It happens every time. It's true. He's uh, the honest thief. Like, I'm just saying. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. But new movies that are coming out in select theaters near you, maybe. Um, maybe. Par- Paranormal Attraction, Malibu Road. Come play. Um, yeah, that's mm. come play. Uh, the Devil's Doorway <laughs> and Let Him Go. So, Ooh. yeah, interesting stuff, man. I have no idea about any of these, but, you know, you mm. know. That's because our theaters aren't open. Yeah, we can't, we exactly. Can't they were open for like two days, and we went and saw an awful movie. That's right. Uh, movies you can still go see. <laughs> Hocus Pocus, uh, Monsters, Inc. Uh, and then we got After We Collided, Two Hearts, and, I mean, if you really want to, New Mutants, mm. but that's the one I was just referring to. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, now it's time for the IMDb Pro Chop Trending segment. Oh, God. 
guys, you already know. You know the spiel. We love this app. It's literally what we use in the shower to bathe. And, um, uh, what, I use soap. What we use soap to go trick-or-treating like. with. Like, I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great. You can track and stalk all your favorite celebrities. <laughs> uh, at least what you're what they're working on, don't at least. Stalk. Uh, don't, don't do it. Stalk. Don't do it. Uh, but yeah, you guys know the drill. Uh, the top trending movie this week was the Borat sequel. Yes. Um, not surprising. No. Not surprising. It's been trending everywhere. Uh, the top trending movie is The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I heard is uh, it's like a slow suspense thriller. Yeah. I, I heard it's pretty decent, but I don't know. I need some shit to make me fucking shit my I pants. know. I try, I'm going to be honest. I tried to watch the first episode and turned it off. Yeah. I didn't get through it. So yeah. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I just – I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. But – yeah, and the top trending star is Maria Bakalova. Um, I'm guessing she's attached to she is. the haunting of the blind man. That is correct. So yeah, guys, good stuff, man, good stuff. Well, we appreciate you for getting a little crazy on episode 136 of Inside the Shady Crazy Inform. Um, <laughs> be sure to go follow our guest, the one and only Shanola Hampton. Yes. Wasn't she just amazing? Oh, man, she's all over social media. Uh, be sure to follow the company on social media at Crazy Ant Media. You can also follow the podcast at ItCaf Podcast on all social media platforms. Yes. Be sure to follow us both personally, myself, JLo Fantastic, and Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. That's right. And you guys know you subscribe. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, all those good places. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hello, hi. Be sure to like that video, subscribe, and ring the bell for all the great <laughs> notifications that we have on our youtube channel it's been amazing guys it's been amazing and of course be sure to visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com to start picking up the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear because that's the good shit that's yes the, that's the good shit we got phone cases now we got like tumblers we got freaking buttons we got stickers we got masks we got Everything, man. We it's got true. freaking everything. Uh, but besides the top five, because horror films, uh, I mean horror characters, because, I mean, obviously Halloween. Yes. Shinola, obviously amazing. Uh, by far, like, maybe one of our biggest guests ever. Oh, yeah. And, like, but I got to say, I'm super pumped about the Mandalorian uh, show on YouTube channel because I'm for sure going to be buying up a whole bunch of shit. Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man going yes. into production. And honestly, Michael B. Jordan directing. I'm super pumped about that. Yes, agreed. Uh, super pumped about Michael B. Jordan directing. Um, super pumped about the new Batwoman and, and the look and the whole Batman family with Jason Todd and the Red Hood and everything. Super excited about all that storyline about how that's going. Obviously, Spider-Man, like you said. Moon Knight. Oh, I'm a comic geek. I mean, you come know. on. I'm really excited also about the big announcement, Shinola directing. Yeah, guys. Like, I can't wait to see the episode and then what she does past that. I think she'd be a brilliant director for feature films also, just the way she talked about how schooled she was with it and learning it and just pumped about that. So Agreed. Woo! Agreed. And this is literally the last time we say it before it actually happens. Make sure to get out and go vote. Yes. It's happening on Tuesday, guys. Go out on election day or if you have already mailed in your ballots, happy for you. And, and if uh, you haven't mailed them in, bring them in. It's too late to mail. Yeah, them. Bring, bring them, them in. in. Bring them in and drop them off, guys. So, uh, yeah, vote however you feel most comfortable, but be sure to exercise your right to vote because it's very important. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I already know. I already know 
what she is watching tonight, The Mandalorian. I mean, she's probably at home right now sipping some wine <laughs> on her white couches. With Baby Yoda. With Baby Yoda, the real one from set because she knows Johnny Fab that good. <laughs> and she's best buds with Bob Iger. So, I mean, exactly. Know. It's all good. It's all good. The only O that matters. Oprah! Oprah!